Hello and welcome to a Smashing Theory, the ultimate prediction podcast for the people. Right. What is wrong with you? <laughs> That's a great question. Yeah. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to a Smashing Theory, the ultimate prediction podcast for Super Smash Bros. and other video games. I'm Daniel. <laughs> and I'm Sean. <laughs> and I'm Sean. <clears throat> Do a great start. Yeah, it was a great, great Woo! start. Okay. Uh, and welcome, everyone, to a very packed June. Yes. A lot of announcements. Uh, so many that, if you may have noticed, we are going to temporarily turn back into a weekly podcast. Yes. We did an episode just last week. We're doing another one this week, and we'll be doing one next week, because everything's really time-sensitive, and... Uh, <laughs> And yeah, just just a lot of announcements. We'll wait too long. There'll be too much to talk about. Yeah, everybody crammed everything into June. So here we are. Yeah, not only June, but the last half of June. Yes, specifically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, like there was some stuff that was supposed to happen early June, but like a lot of companies uh, very nicely, I think, mm-hmm. like decided not to talk about video games during yes. gr- during recent current events. I really appreciate that they did that. Me too. Um appreciate it so much that I don't mind that it's made our jobs a little harder. <laughs> uh, I mean Nintendo does that enough already. You know, we're <laughs> we're used to our jobs being hard. <laughs> Nintendo makes our jobs so hard. How dare they give us all these video games. Uh, so so this episode we have three main things to talk about. Uh the, there was a Pokemon Presents presentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of two. Uh, we're going to cover the first one. More about that in a little bit. Okay. Uh, Sakurai showed off Character Pack 6. Right. And of course, we're really going to get into that. Uh, we're a Smashing Theory after all. Yeah. And finally, uh, New Games Plus Expo, which we predicted last week, happened this week. And uh, and there were many reveals and whatnot, so we'll break all that down as well. Yes. Uh, so buckle your seat bucks. This will buckle <laughs> your seat bucks. This will be quite an episode. Uh, but first, corrections. Yeah. So we actually have four things to talk about because this is going to take a while. <laughs> so one correction in particular I should have made last week. Uh, after you, <laughs> after you spent. Half of the episode, two episodes ago, whining about all the corrections that we had to do. I'm going to do a correction next episode because I did not talk about corrections for half of the episode. (laughs) I might make a correction on your correction about that. Uh, And people wonder why I hate this. (laughs) So anyway, after that episode, I actually got several emails and, and... and like Facebook messages and whatnot from people that actually really like the correction segment. Uh, well, bully for them. <laughs> Garrett, Thanks, guys. Garrett D actually specifically said, "Fuck Sean." <laughs> well, fuck you, Garrett. No, <laughs> not really. <laughs> uh, no, we we appreciate all of our uh, fans, even the ones who are wrong. <laughs> James M actually said uh, in an email that we should just do an episode. Uh, that not only just an entire episode of corrections, not only correcting stuff from our last episode, but correcting other people on things. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh like, my god! Like you know, an episode where we just do stuff like some people think 
that uh that you can get Mew by pushing the truck in Pokemon Blue. <laughs> Correction. Oh, that would be like if you took Heihachi and used an alchemical process to turn him into an episode of a Smash Fury. <laughs> That's how I would feel about More it. More about Heihachi later. <laughs> yes. Uh but two actual corrections. Um one is actually just kind of an interesting note. Mm-hmm. Uh during our PS5 talk, I we were talking about Ape Escape. And how I predicted that Ape Escape wouldn't be there. And you said, well, that'd be kind of like predicting that uh, a game about sentient watermelons wouldn't be at the PS5 reveal. Mm-hmm. Uh, very funny they use that specific example because Bug Snacks was at the PS5 reveal. I really hope there aren't sentient watermelons in that game, just so that the, I won't be incredibly specifically wrong. <laughs> Yeah, put any other combination of animal and fruit or snack in there. Do not do sentient watermelons. I I have a feeling. Obviously, we won't know this for months, probably. But I have a feeling that there will be a a watermelon bug. Oh God! In bug snacks, please. Because there's there's already several fruits in there, right? There's like an apple bug or something. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So all I'm saying is, developers of that game don't have to put water. There's so many fruits. There's so many fruits, you know, just you could do bananas, you could do papayas, you could do mangoes. Don't do watermelons. J- do all of those and do watermelons. Don't do <laughs> <laughs> and, uh And straight up correction, we did a segment near the end where we did an exercise. I could only pick Smash characters that were shorter than me. I'm 5'5", <laughs> five, five, and Sean could only pick characters that were taller than him. He's 6'8". Yeah. Uh, we kept saying, obviously, I could play Little Mac. <laughs> uh, In the Wii version of Punch-Out, Little Mac is 5'7". That's, L- that's not that little. Yeah, Little Mac, Little Mac is taller than I am. Yeah. Like, that's that's shorter than the average guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. The average little, guy's little, like 5'9", right? Yeah, I think average height is like 5'9", 5'10", yeah. something like that. Uh, average height for males feels a lot taller to me. Uh, <laughs> well, right. Because I, you know, just stand next I, to I, me all the time, and I see so many guys that are just taller than sure, me. Sure, sure, yeah. Just anecdotal sample size. Mm-hmm. Five, five, seven feels feels smaller than average. Sure, but I'm sure it's not smaller than the actual average. Maybe smaller than the average across America. Right, that's true. Like, yeah, because yeah, for different parts of the world. Yeah, exactly. Because because in Europe, I'm I feel like less of a short person. Hmm, that's interesting. Um, yeah, slightly, right. not not by too much. It's probably all, like, the pollution in the air here or something. The, I'm actually, like, a mutant freak. Yeah, Phil fills our bodies with smoke. <laughs> it, it, yeah. needs, it needs to stretch to fit all that right. toxicity. I, I'm just absorbing growth hormone or something because it's in the milk. Because yeah. the cows, you know, whatever. <laughs> because the cows, you know. <laughs> they, they put the growth hormone in the milk themselves. Right, yeah. The yeah. Cow, right. Yeah, you, you, like, go to a barn and all the cows are, like, standing on their hind legs in lab coats. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly they just, like, they, like, get back down. Uh, yeah. That, like, cows. Yeah, like, well, when someone opens the door, like, right. they freeze in yeah. place and they're yeah. like, oh, moo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, little Mac is four foot eight in the NES version. Which, Whoa! Now that is little. Yeah, that's that's a Little Mac right there. Oh yeah, yeah. I could play NES Little Mac, but uh, in Ultimate, he's based off of his Wii model. So right. Yeah. I kind of want a Big Mac now. I don't really even eat those. Yeah, they're like 
They're kind of gross. I don't like fast food lettuce. I try to avoid that whenever I can. For oh. whatever reason, I can handle like low quality beef or whatever, but like some just like nasty lukewarm soggy lettuce you know can't can't do it cannot do it that's funny when i get when i get burgers when i get fast food burgers like i gotta have like lettuce in there well really i gotta have tomatoes in there Mm -hmm. and most like fast food burgers if you want tomatoes in there you gotta have the lettuce too so i'm so i'm like you know i'm kind of used to fast food lettuce i don't mind it Mm, well uh that's fine (laughs) uh yeah big macs are kind of gross but it's kind of like a thing right where like where, like, the McRib is gone for years and years, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, you crave a McRib, right? By the time they bring it back, they're like, the McRib's back. And you're like, yeah. I'm familiar with this phenomenon, but I've never craved a McRib in like, my life. Like, I'll eat a fucking McRib. It's back. <laughs> uh, it's back, baby. I'm going to eat the McRib. Right. And then you remember as you take your first bite that McRibs taste like ass. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, I mean, you know, obviously there are many high-quality Disney movies, but it reminds me of the Disney Vault thing that they used to do. Like, you're <laughs> going back into the Disney Vault, and you'll never be able to buy it again like that kind of thing uh-huh it's like i gotta get beauty and the beast right now and well then, why, why would you use beauty and the beast as an example beauty and the beast is, is legit i no, i mean i i'm i just said like you know it's quality it's just a marketing tactic right they're, yes you know yeah okay yeah. that's what you mean i don't mean beauty and the beast is, tastes like ass <laughs> to be clear <laughs> i think beauty and the beast is a great film <laughs> thank you for your clarification yeah. wouldn't want to correct that next episode uh, no <laughs> Correction, Beauty and the Beast does not taste like ass. <laughs> Sean was mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, um, now for several things to talk about. Okay. All right, so up first, uh, last week we had Pokemon Presents. Yeah. Very a very cool little stream that uh that revealed some some neat little Pokemon projects. Yeah, there was definitely stuff that I was into in this collection of reveals. Yeah, the maybe not necessarily the first thing. The very <laughs> they they opened the presentation with Pokemon Smile, mm-hmm. a toothbrushing app. Yeah, uh, where where like it's just like a it's like a very cutesy like like wholesome ass like commercial where it's like hi parents. Do you have trouble getting your kids to brush their teeth? <laughs> just and like, like a bunch just, of fussy kids. Yeah, a bunch of fussy kids like running around, like you know, just trying to escape the the bathroom where they have to brush their teeth, and and like as they're doing this, you see like little like like little like cartoon Pikachu's <laughs> like just walking around and like right. you know, uh, like on the couch and on the chair and stuff. And finally, like it shows the toothbrushing app, and basically, like you you put the you put the computer, you put the phone screen in front of your kid's face, and as he brushes his teeth, uh, like basically he opens his mouth and it looks like Pokemon are on his teeth, and then he brushes right. his teeth to get the Pokemon off there. Um, and then he can catch him. Yeah, I think he can catch him with his yeah. toothbrush. Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah, you do get like kind of progress and stuff like in Pokemon Smile. Very cute idea. Yeah, no, I I like. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm not gonna start playing Pokemon Smile because I'm an adult who brushes my teeth twice a day. Right. But you know, I wish I'd had it when I was a kid. Then maybe I wouldn't have had to get a root canal in college. <laughs> that sucked. Yeah, no, that would that's great to have for kids. Although one thing I thought when I watched that trailer is like, boy, I I'm glad like I. Like, I can't wait to have a kid and then watch him get spit all over my expensive Ugh. phone. Because, like, that, that's going to happen, right? Like, you you put the phone close enough to your kid's face so he can see Pikachu while he's brushing his teeth. 
He's gonna get spit on your phone. Maybe you can get like a mount or something. Like you know, there there's um a lot of uh, mounts that get sold for smartphones that you can kind of like position them in just such a way. Oh yeah, maybe like put it above the Stick, kid's like head. a caddy on your yeah yeah uh-huh. yeah. There, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure there's a way around that, but that is gross and will happen to many people. Yes, yeah, exactly. Like, that, ugh, that would drive me nuts. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, okay, Miles, you're getting your own phone <laughs> specifically for Pokemon Smile. Right. Get your gross-ass <laughs> bodily functions away from my technology. I love you, my son. Have a good day at school. <laughs> Uh, He'll be a great dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I should say that Daniel's not expecting a child. Oh no, this is an entirely oh. hypothetical. Yeah, yeah. Amy and I are working on the on the getting married thing. We're, <laughs> right. We're yes. not gonna have kids for like a while, yeah. probably. Yeah. Speaking of my fiance Amy Lee, she loved the next game presented. Oh. Uh, Pokemon... Yeah, that's on brand, actually. Yeah, yeah. right. Pokemon Cafe Mix. Uh-huh. This like. There is so much of this that is like Amy's dream game, actually, <laughs> uh, because basically you run a Pokemon cafe, yeah. a cafe where you serve Pokemon as customers, um, and then uh, and it's it's this puzzle game where like you uh, you can only play on the touch screen and you kind of have to like swirl a bunch of Pokemon icons and like mix them together. Right. Um. That that part is is the least interesting, actually. The core yeah. gameplay is the worst part of that game. Right. No. It's it's like. It's just a bad puzzle game, it seems to me. Like, yeah. how can that be, ta- you know, kind of, like, tactical or thoughtful or engaging? Yeah, it, it looks very, like, very little thought was put into that. And it's, yeah. like, it's, like, the main leg of the gameplay. But after you do that kind of bad-looking minigame, <laughs> uh, you can, like, you can unlock uh, Pokemon to recruit as cafe employees. And right. you can customize the cafe itself. Yes. Uh, and like my, my future wife got so excited just watching this whole trailer. I believe it. Uh, it's supposed to launch today, the day we're recording this. Oh shit. Um, it was supposed to come out today, but, uh, Amy pre-purchased it mm-hmm. and like just every couple hours today, she's been like trying to open <laughs> the app and it'll be like, would you like to check to see if it's, mm. a, if it's available to play? Yeah. And she hits yes. And then it just brings her to the eShop cause it's not ready yet for some reason. Okay. Uh, so that's, that's weird. And the first time I've ever seen that happen with like a, a preload game. Uh, I mean, I've I've seen it happen before with games not made by Nintendo. Okay, you know, uh, there being kind of delays like that, but uh, this this does feel a little unusual for them, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess since that that's probably more in Game Freak's ballpark, right? Maybe that's their fault and not Nintendo's. Sure. Um, but then, uh. Well, but but yeah, so Amy's, Amy's very upset that she doesn't get to play that game yet. Uh, and then they kind of capped off with a with a trailer that just like shows this very like this very like well rendered like island with like Pokemon swimming and stuff, right? And then it shows uh, a a camera's perspective. Take a picture of a <laughs> Pikachu eating an apple. I was so excited oh, about me, this, like. Like, Amy and I were watching the trailer, and I think, like, at about the same time, mm-hmm. like, you know, we, we see, like, the beach, and we see kind of the different, like, 
like angles that it's looking at the beach at. I think at the same time, me and I are like, "New Pokemon Snap," and then it shows the camera. <laughs> We're like, ah! like uh, we <laughs> we got so excited. Like that's that is like one of the most hype announcements of this year. Absolutely, it's, I, it's the Pokemon game that I've been the most excited about in a long time. Yeah, I've wanted a new Pokemon Snap for so long. Mm-hmm. It feels like so many systems have come and gone that would have been a perfect fit <laughs> right. for a Pokemon Snap spinoff. Like, shout outs to the Wii U. Shout outs to the Wii U. Yeah. Uh I I do wonder if actually Game Freak was like, okay, yeah, uh, the Wii U would be perfect for a new Pokemon Snap. Mm-hmm. Let's let's make a new Pokemon Snap game for the Wii U, and then the Wii U sold, like, five <laughs> units, and Game Freak right. was like, mm, we want to make money, though. Uh, let's uh, let's hold off on this. Sure. And now uh, now the Switch is very popular. Yeah, I can see uh, that. So even though it doesn't have, like, you know, like a motion camera feature or anything, mm-hmm. um, you can at least... I can at least see you, like, moving the Joy-Cons I around. was going to say, yeah. or, I mean, I wonder if you had it in portal mode... Portal mode. Portable mode, you could just kind of move the whole switch around to take pictures. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. I think that'll definitely be a feature. I hope they'll have, like, options. I hope they'll have, yes. like, traditional controls and also motion controls. God, yes. Do not Miyamoto this, Nintendo. Please <laughs> give us options on how to control the game. Boy, Star Fox Zero is one of, like, kind of the saddest bits of Nintendo history. Yeah, huh? I like, mean, I love Star Fox. That, yeah. That fucked me up emotionally. Yeah. Like, Sakurai was just, like so desperate to show that the Wii U had like the Wii U's very specific control scheme had value that he kind of forced that scheme onto a Star Fox game that didn't need it. Or not, not Sakurai. You said Sakurai. Oh, I said, I meant Miyamoto. Yeah. Yeah. Miyamoto was so desperate. Yeah. No, we love Sakurai. Oh, we love Sakurai. Miyamoto. I'm less sure about. (laughs) I mean, I love Miyamoto, but like Miyamoto, you know, Shigeru Miyamoto has brought me great joy uh, because of many things he's done. Yeah. He has also disappointed me in several noteworthy ways. This is one of them. Star Fox Zero is one of them. Paper Mario is one of them. Yeah. Really, those are the big ones. Yeah, those are the big ones. Yeah. Yeah. At least he's mostly like a consultant role these days. Yes. I'm okay with that. I'm sure he is too. Probably makes big stacks of money. Big stacks of cash. (laughs) Uh, and they also reminded, uh, oh, but right, uh, new Pokemon Snap, uh, looks, looks great. Yeah. Uh, seems like it's kind of early days, right? Like yeah. there wasn't much of a user interface to speak of, for yeah, instance. Yeah. Yeah. That could be a deliberate design choice, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. Because like, uh, Pokemon Snap 1 also kind of has that minimalist kind of mm-hmm. UI. So maybe that is deliberate. Maybe they're just really trying to <laughs> rake in, sure. uh, that, Those that Pokemon Poke dollars. Yeah. That Pokemon Snap nostalgia money. But yeah, I do hope we'll see more of that. I think they just said, like, coming soon. Right. They, didn't, they didn't give it 2020. They didn't give it 2021. <laughs> uh, so I feel like this is probably, like... My guess is that this is a spring 2021 game. Okay. Yeah. I think that's that seemed reasonable, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. They, they showed a bunch of Pokemon from, like, every generation, like, in that trailer. And that's, that's so nice because we haven't had a Pokemon Snap game since right. Gen 1. Yeah. No, I, like... It's like the first time when I was a kid that I felt like I was being truly immersed in the world of Pokemon. You oh, know? yeah. Like for the first time, instead of just kind of like seeing static images of Pokemon battling each other, it was like a Pokemon ecosystem where they were oh, trying yeah. to eat each other and interacting with each other. And just the a lot of the kind of environments were so dynamic and some of them were really mysterious. You know, it just yeah. it really activated 
your imagination as a kid and i'm excited to feel that way again that game's so good i yeah. want to replay it sure i'm, yeah. I'm down yeah I, I don't know how Wii virtual console oh yeah okay it was I, on the Wii. I have it on the Wii virtual console Oh, time to dust off the old Wii meister yeah not even really dust it off since <laughs> uh like i i i played it recently for, oh yeah for Road to mystery that's true yeah we yeah. played some Wii games on there yeah uh so you know give it a little light dusting yeah a little, a little baby dust not a feather duster but maybe a single feather yeah road to mystery is on our patreon.com yes. slash beep boob group it's exclusive pod on there we play a bunch of multiplayer Wii games at some point yeah it's fun and other games on yeah. other episodes yeah yep. pokemon snap yes predict a a photo opportunity that will be in the new game okay in an ancient ruin area, you see what you initially think is a statue, but it is, in fact, a statuesque Pokemon like a Golurk. Okay. Oh, and cool. You have to, so you have to, like, throw an apple at it, and then it shakes off the dust and starts walking. You're like, oh, okay, there it is. Nice. Uh, what about you? Okay. Uh, tropical island setting. Maybe yeah. maybe that setting you saw in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're patient enough uh you can catch a moment where two ipom will crawl up the neck of atropius and try to steal its bananas <laughs> that is great yeah i appreciate that i think both of ours are a little wishful thinking but i i still hope yeah a, a little bit because we because Golurk is Sean's favorite Pokemon, yes. and Tropius is mine. Well, I, I guess really Golette is... I kind of prefer Golette, oh, you, but I, you I just like the... the line. Okay. Because Golette's kind of cute. Golette is kind of cute. Yeah, and yeah. you know, I appreciate that. Nice. But yeah, after that, they uh, they reminded us that the uh, Isle of Armor DLC was about to come out. Yes. And I think they mentioned some kind of event... Like some Gigantamax stuff or something, right? Oh yeah, like yeah. Now you can fight a it was some legendary Pokemon. It's like it's like yeah, you can fight a legendary Pokemon, and if a million people beat it, you'll get it. I just forget which one it was. Yes. Uh oh. Uh, it's it's if if a million people beat it, you'll get a shiny. Yes. Um and oh yeah, Zeraora. Oh, uh, okay. I never would have guessed. Yeah, I barely know what that Pokemon is. It's uh, it's an it's a legendary like electric cat thing. Okay. Uh, Zeraora was one of the featured Pokemon in Pokemon: The Power of Us. Oh, uh, a a movie, a Pokemon movie that came out a couple years ago. Right. Amy and I watched that in theaters. Right. Really fucking good, actually. Mm, okay. Like, m- might be my favorite Pokemon movie. That's high praise. Yeah, it's. Like, the conceit of The Power of Us is basically, like, Ash is in it, mm-hmm. but it focuses on, on like, it introduces, like, five, like, new characters, each with kind of their own conflict and story. Oh, I kind of remember this now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, you know, there's kind of this, uh, there's this, there's this, like, teenage girl with kind of, like, this preppy aesthetic that mm-hmm. doesn't, that doesn't really want to get involved in the whole Pokemon thing, but her <laughs> brother wants her to catch a Pokemon for her. There's this, there's this old, there's this middle-aged guy that's kind of like a pathological liar about what a great Pokemon trainer he is. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, but he, but he doesn't own a single Pokemon <laughs> until a pseudo, until he saves a pseudo Wudo uh, and the pseudo Wudo gets really attached to him. Okay. Uh, 
there's an old lady that just keeps being followed or like by fucking baby Pokemon. <laughs> she hates Pokemon, but like they're just following her everywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you kind of get to see each of these characters like develop. Oh, and there's also like a a nerdy scientist boy with like low self esteem. Sure. And Jesse and James are there, <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Parvos is so good. It's actually no, that like, sounds. I love that conceit. Yeah, That's great. Yeah, it just ends up being really, really heartwarming, really cute, really funny. I yeah, good. good like if you have like given up on Pokemon movies <laughs> because they made like seven hundred of them. Yeah, and, that's me. Yeah, and you don't think that they're good anymore. Power of Us specifically mm. is very good. Okay, if you if you like Pokemon as a setting at all, it's yeah, really worth checking out. Yes, cool. Uh, so then uh, they finish the whole thing by announcing that they're going to do another Pokemon Presents <laughs> on June 24th, yeah. Wednesday. Uh, which as is, of the time of this recording is tomorrow. Yes, exactly. Uh, by the time you hear this, it will have happened. Right. But we have not seen it happen yet. No. It has not happened for us. So we're going to predict uh, what, what he said was uh, we we're going to show our next big project. Yeah. Uh, so let's predict what that is. People listening will already know whether or not we're wrong. <laughs> uh, but for posterity, uh, what do you think, what do you think will be in Pokemon Presents 2? This is a boring prediction and I'm not confident that I'm right, but I'm just going to say, um, two more DLC packs for 30 more dollars oh. for Sword and Shield. Okay. Yeah. I, I, that doesn't, that doesn't sound like a big project to me. I mean... The only other prediction that I can think of is, like, our next Pokemon game. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm kind of in a place where I'm not very excited about the mainline Pokemon franchise. And <laughs> so, I don't feel like predicting that. <laughs> so, I'm going to predict more DLC instead. <laughs> I It would be weird if it was the next Pokemon game... Like, for example, it won't be Gen 9, right? Mm-hmm. They're gonna, like, Gen 8 will still be a thing for a while. Okay. Um, But, uh, but it, it'd be weird because 2020 feels like, feels like the Pokemon stuff, the mainline Pokemon stuff we're getting in 2020 is going to be the DLC, right? The Isle of Armor and the Crown Tundra. Mm-hmm. Um, like, one in the summer, one in the fall. So it would feel weird if they cap that off with another, like, just straight-up mainline Pokemon game. Sure. But that said, I think there's some stuff that could qualify for that. Okay. Um, One, I know a lot of people are hoping for Diamond and Pearl remakes. Hmm. Good for those people. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not one of them. I think that a Diamond and Pearl remake could be very cool, especially if... uh, if they include some platinum stuff and give us uh and give us Battle Frontier back. Okay. Yeah. But I could see them adding Battle Frontier back as DLC. Okay. But uh I don't I don't know about Diamond and Pearl remakes this year. I think hmm. out of all the things, that's the least likely thing. Okay. A thing I feel is more likely is uh Pokemon Let's Go Johto. Oh yeah. Yep. Okay. Be- because those games are for a very different audience than Pokemon Sword and Shield are. Yes. So they could make a bunch of money on the Pokemon Sword and Shield DLC and release Pokemon Let's Go 2 
the same year mm-hmm. and get lots of money on that from <laughs> yeah. like from two very different crowds, but also obviously there's there's a decent amount of overlap there. But the people overlapping are so thirsty for Pokemon that it doesn't it, it doesn't matter whether yeah. or not they wait, you know. Yeah. I gotcha. That would be you know, I'm not one of those people that says like, oh, a remake, you know, it like ruins the original game or whatever. Like I'm I'm not that kind of guy. Yeah. But it, there's an extent to which it would be depressing to me if that game, that specific game was released. <laughs> because Gold and Silver are my favorite Pokemon games. Right. Uh, you know, that's the generation that brought me the most happiness. Yeah. And so, uh, just if, if they gave that the original Let's Go treatment, you know, and it was as underwhelming to me as that game was, I it would be frustrating to me. Sure. It'd be frustrating that they're, like, revisiting that setting that I like so much. Uh, only to shit on it basically. <laughs> uh, that's what would frustrate me if it makes you feel better it's very unlikely that they would have revisited johto in any other way in the next 10 years i'm uh, i you know i in that case i don't want to go back <laughs> that's how i feel about that uh, like pokemon playing all the way through pokemon let's go was the hardest thing that i did in play this uh except i guess for moonlighter which ended the podcast yeah we were going to play a game called moonlighter and neither of us liked it and we just never recorded that episode yeah uh but yeah let's go was really hard for me and and you really you you really were a champ through that because amy and i were also playing through let's go for the podcast and we just didn't finish it yeah we recorded it with we recorded that episode without beating let's go yeah sean was the only one that had beat let's go for that episode and he hated it (laughs) I really did. <laughs> I did not like that game. Yeah. Uh play the I guess we might have fans who don't even know what play this is. Oh yeah. Yeah, play this was the podcast we did before this where yeah. we recommended video games to each other like on an alternating basis. It was basically a kind of a proto beep boop group podcast. It was the first real podcast yeah. uh, that Daniel actually did with a friend of his Max, friend yeah. of the pod. Uh, who has made appearances, you know, on other pods since then. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, um, it was kind of almost like a, like a book recommendation thing, like a book club, but for games yeah. where, you know, Daniel and Max and then later, uh, me and Daniel would go back and forth recommending games to each other to yeah. play. Yeah. After Max had a kid. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, at that point it became difficult, obviously, yeah. to regularly and consistently host a podcast, but, uh, but yeah, um, like, Pokemon Let's Go sucked. I, <laughs> I don't like. I do not understand how it got the critical acclaim that it did. There were so many things that bothered me about it. Yeah, it's like I, you know, I, I try not to be a contrarian person. There are definitely times when I will experience some kind of media, and my take on it will just be wildly different from the critical and even fan consensus. Sure, but that game more than anything just blew my mind because my perception of it was this is a mediocre cash in and it was getting like nine nine point two five yeah yeah it was kind of wild yeah Yeah. i could not believe how much that game sucked and how well it was reviewed yeah like my my impression when i play was like this game is good for the demographic that is clearly targeting five-year-olds i am not a member of that demographic (laughs) five-year-olds and moms yeah yeah (laughs) yeah like yeah, it was very much marketed as like as like are are you a parent that played Pokemon when you were a kid? <laughs> you can play this game with your kid. Mm-hmm. 
and that's not to say, and I'm sure you didn't mean it this way, you know, that moms can't be hardcore gamers oh, no, or I've whatever. S- yeah, that's absolutely not yeah. how I meant that. Yeah. I, I figured because I know you well, and so do our listeners, but, you know, just to make that clear. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think I think Pokemon Let's Go Johto actually has a, a good shot at being the, the big quote-unquote announcement. Yeah, I um, can see that. And, uh, and the next idea is... Um, is another spin-off that they're treating like a like a double A AA or triple A game, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Like maybe maybe a brand new project that a third party is is helming, mm-hmm. like uh, like maybe not like a Pokemon MMO, but like sure, but but something, uh, something really ambitious and and big. Um, how about uh, Pokemon Stadium with Elo and online matchmaking? Hmm, they've never. They've never treated Pokemon Stadium style games that big before, mm-hmm. and I don't think they're about to. Okay, especially because, uh, especially because like they can do online tournaments in Sword and Shield now, you know. Mm-hmm. So like, why? Yeah, I guess there's also really there's just less of a place for Pokemon Stadium because the the draw for me for Pokemon Stadium was like, wow, it's Pokemon, but they're in 3D, and now they're just in 3D. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess Pokemon Stadium's kind of dead. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> One one thing I one Pokemon spinoff I really always wanted is for Atlas to do uh what they did with Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Mm-hmm. Like like, you know, Shimagami Tensei cross Fire Emblem. I right. want like Persona cross Pokemon. I that, want that I would want be pers- great. I want Persona Mon, you know? <laughs> yeah. That'd be so cool. Uh Chie just steps forward, calls forth Hitmonlee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be so rad. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh However, one thing I could see, I, I think this might be, this is this is a bit ambitious of a prediction. Okay. I think this is a less safe prediction than Pokemon Let's Go Johto. Sure. But I think that after the success of the Detective Pikachu movie, ah. Game Freak decided to develop a Detective Pikachu game for the Switch and really put like a double A or triple A budget into that game. Okay. Really expand the scale of Detective Pikachu and like treat it like a big project. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, like yeah, like just a really great looking Detective Pikachu game with like with more elaborate gameplay features, like maybe almost even like kind of an open world take on Detective Pikachu. Okay. Yeah. Um and maybe they'll uh Maybe instead of making it a sequel to the 3DS game, they'll just set it in the canon of the movie, <laughs> uh, maybe even getting Ryan Reynolds to reprise his role. That would be great. Yeah. That'd be a great get. Yeah. Um, and I, I think not necessarily a, an an unattainable one. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like he'd be into it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like may, maybe Nintendo wouldn't want to pay him right. enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess it really depends on how low he's willing to go in terms of salary. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hopefully he has a little niece or something that's like, Will you please be in Detective Pikachu? <laughs> it's like, I can't turn you down, niece. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, why my niece got to ask me that? <laughs> to be Detective Pikachu. Can I have five million dollars? Ah, niece, you're killing me. <laughs> Don't you know I'm also Deadpool? He's he's mean. 
I'll give you six million if you never ask me again. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I think like a like a big deal Detective Pikachu game could get announced for the Switch, mm-hmm. and they will announce a Switch port of the 3DS game, uh, and alongside that, they will shadow drop. A Switch port of the 3DS game. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. It'd be like, yeah, here's Detective Pikachu 2 or Detective Pika- new Detective Pikachu or whatever, you know? Here's <laughs> yeah. Detective Pikachu. Rhyme City gets crazy. <laughs> uh, and if you can't wait for that game, which we're not giving a release date for because we don't know what release dates are in the midst of COVID-19. And we just came up with this idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh you can play the first Detective Pikachu game on your Nintendo Switch today, or maybe in, like, July or something, because we wanted to release it today, but COVID-19 <laughs> makes things hard. Which would be troublesome for you, of course, because you're trying to play that game right now. Yeah, yeah. Amy and I are currently playing that game for a podcast that we're going to debut on the Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Patreon.com slash group. Oh, we already gave that link. It's okay. Give it uh, again. Uh... Yeah, we we are literally like hunched over the 3DS screen right now <laughs> trying to play that together. So like if we actually get like 5 to 10 hours into the game mm-hmm. and they announce <laughs> like a better port tomorrow morning, right. uh it's going to be hilarious and infuriating. Yeah. But but that's my problem. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's a very specifically a very personally me problem. That is true. So I think that Nintendo uh, and Game Freak would be very smart to to do that, to yeah. uh, to kind of re-release Detective Pikachu on their very successful console uh, after the franchise has seen a lot of success as a movie. Right. And to an- announce a new game in that franchise. Yeah. Okay. So I think their big their big Pokemon announcement will be will be a new Detective Pikachu. Okay. And maybe it'd be nice if they announced more small Pokemon stuff. Yeah. Really been holding out for a Pokemon trading card game mm-hmm. for mobile phones. That'd be great. That riffs off of Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. Yeah. Yeah, I'd I would still love that so so much. <laughs> I'm I'm losing hope that it's happening. I feel mm. like maybe it was in development at some point and they dropped it. Mm. But uh well, I hope that you're wrong. I hope that I'm wrong. <laughs> um yeah. Okay. All right. Any more Pokemon Presents thoughts? No, that made me depressed. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Gen Gen Nine is is going to be like th- like three years out from now, right? Yeah. Like two or three years later than twenty twenty is going to be when we get the next Gen. I mean, I don't give a shit about Gen Nine either. <laughs> I can release what? that or not. I probably won't play it. What Pokemon thing would you give a shit about? Uh well I still want to get uh, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon right uh, you know that's out there I think that's pretty cool I am excited about Pokemon Snap yeah uh, so there's that uh if they did another like uh Pokemon turn based strategy game what what, what Pokemon what Conquest friends? yeah 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 if they did Pokemon Conquest two I'd be excited about that that's not gonna happen so you don't care at all about mainline Pokemon anymore what you want is for them to revive more of the old spin offs you liked I mean yes because <laughs> why would I care about mainline Pokemon anymore. Like, they've stripped away so many of the things that I enjoyed about it. Hey, Pokemon Sword's pretty good. Pokemon Sword and Shield's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I've heard that, but I I mean, I've heard also, again, that the post-game is underwhelming. 
Yeah, but they're it it was it mm-hmm. is, uh, but they've they've fixed that with uh, you know they will have fixed that with the DLC. The mm-hmm. DLC is basically like a a lot of nice post game that adds new wild areas and like. Um, uh, I mean, you haven't played the DLC yet, right? I haven't played the DLC yet, but I'm I'm seeing. I'm seeing a lot of joy derived from it, and I'm still looking forward to playing it. I just haven't gotten around to to cracking that open. That's fair. I, you know, we're seeing reactions to the DLC in different corners of the internet. I see. I will say that Reddit hates the DLC. Ah. <laughs> they think it's incredibly underwhelming and far too short. Okay. Huh. Well, I, I'll, I'm sure I'll get to jump in there by the time we talk about the next Pokemon Presents. Yes. So I'll, I'll give my impressions by then, I'm sure. All right. Okay, so then yesterday for us, uh, Monday the twenty second, yeah, Sakurai showed us more Smash stuff. Finally, yes, it opens the video opens with Sakurai at his house. <laughs> yes, he has a very nice living room. He does. Uh-huh. Yeah, his, his couch is very swanky. Yeah, uh, good good shot of his entertainment system. He has like every console known to man, like under his two TVs. Uh-huh. I really didn't anticipate actually that he would have like he just seems like the kind of guy who would like be at the office all the time and not care about his decor. Yeah, so I think I was I was impressed by his aesthetic tastes. You know, yeah. it was like a tastefully decorated area. Yeah, it was it was like kind of kind of minimalist, but mm-hmm. really uh really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, apparently has it cleaned up so that he can have guests over, you know, like right, and, sure. and play games that way. Yeah, like Toby Fox, like Toby Fox. The whole time I was watching that, I was thinking, like, oh, I guess that's where Toby Fox was sitting when they played Smash together. I guess it was. That didn't <laughs> occur to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that couch has space for the both of them. Yeah. Uh huh. But yeah, he, he basically said, yeah, we're you know, it's it's COVID. We're we're working from home. They sent me, Nintendo sent me recording equipment so I could do this on my own. Yeah, and I love that as he said that, there was like this little picture-in-picture thing where it was like, they're recording equipment that yeah. was sent to Mr. Sakurai. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. <laughs> yeah. So then he starts the Min Min video. Mm, yeah. Sorry. So then he starts the trailer. Yeah, for somebody. <laughs> for somebody. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, you know, we already knew in advance it was going to be an ARMS character. Yeah. Sean and I uh, did a whole ARMS prediction episode. We did. Uh, Sean and I went over every character it could be, from mm-hmm. Springman to Springtron yeah. uh, to Twintel. Yep. Um, but we landed on Min Min as our prediction. The yes. two of us together uh, predicted that Min Min would be the ARMS character that they selected, which... You know, obviously, I thought that that decision made a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, she, you know, she was... She's the most popular arms character. She like won a popularity contest and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Springman is already in the game as an assist trophy, and we didn't know whether or not that would disqualify him. Right. Um. So, uh, so yeah, we we decided on Min Min, and that that did feel like it made a lot of sense, but it also felt like kind of a gamble. Sure. You know, like Springman felt like the safe answer. Mm-hmm. Um. So it felt like we went a little risky, and. I loved the art. I loved the arms reveal trailer. Yes, it was fantastic. Yeah, like the uh, like the art style was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Captain Falcon and Kirby were there. It was very cute. I and- also like the fact that Kirby ate his ramen by inhaling the bowl twice. I laughed both times. <laughs> <laughs> the first time it just caught me completely by surprise, and the second time I was like, "Is he gonna do it again? He did it again." <laughs> uh, but yeah, it starts with like. Uh, 
Springman like fighting someone else uh, to get the Smash invitation, and he grabs yeah. it, and he's like, "Yeah!" <laughs> and then just every other Arms character, pretty much, at least mm-hmm. in like the base Arms roster. I don't think I saw any DLC characters there, right? But like, just the cast of Arms just suddenly all start scrambling for it. They all start fighting him for the uh, invitation. For the, yeah, for the invitation. And several characters get to hold on to it briefly at some uh-huh. point. There's a point where, like, Ninjara grabs it and he's, like, running <laughs> for it. Uh, and then it cuts to, like, the the girl at the ramen shop that's serving Captain Falcon and Kirby. Uh, and she, like, sees something on the bottom of the bowl. I think, like, it's it shows, like, the tournament for the invitation. Right. And, uh, and then, like, she heads over there. She's Min Min. She fights uh, <laughs> Twintel and Master Mummy, who are the only two remaining characters mm-hmm. for the invitation, and she gets it. Uh, and then we see the Min Min trailer. Yeah. Uh, great shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, great trailer. That was fantastic. And, uh, and yeah, she got uh, very good. <laughs> uh, so Sakurai then goes, yeah, it's Min Min. Um, why did we pick Min Min? Well, the producer of ARMS asked me to specifically. <laughs> he said, I want Min Min. <laughs> That's a good reason, as any. Yeah, uh, and uh, and I asked the producer, "Isn't Springman the main character?" And he said, "They're all the main character." <laughs> uh, and Sakurai admits that actually he was leaning towards either Min Min uh, or Ninjara cool. as as the playable rep, which uh, Sean and I had different had. Uh, we both agreed on Min Min, but we both yeah. had different takes on who was more likely after Min Min. We arrived at Min Min from very different places in we, some respects. We did. Uh, and, Sean, you thought Twintel was one of the most likely. Yes. Uh, and I I said I said no to Twintel for a variety of reasons. <laughs> one reason that we got into for an extended uh-huh. period of time where, because the teaser said that the character has arms that stretch and Twintel's arms do not stretch. Her hair does, uh, that she would not be the playable character. Um, you did say that. Yes. And as the, and as such, I put her middle tier. I thought Ninjara was more likely than Twintel was. You thought Twintel was more likely than Ninjara. Yes. Um, so at least, so there's a couple things about that big old discussion. One, we have confirmation Ninjara actually was more likely than Twintel at the very least. Mm-hmm. Maybe Twintel was third place, we don't know. Sure. But Ninjara was more likely. Um, and second, uh, throughout the entire presentation in the subtitles, whenever uh, Sakurai talked about uh, about the, the arms, yeah. whenever he talked about Min Min using her, like, uh, you know her special ability arms. Yes, that was always in all caps. I just want you to know that I'm holding back so much right now. <laughs> I, I don't want to get into this with you again. Like we've already tread as much ground on this as we possibly can. I've said my piece. You've said yours. Just saying, it's more. We, there's more evidence that I was right than there is that you were. I mean, that's like finding <laughs> like a microscopic cookie crumb. On the floor of the kitchen and then saying, Sean, you ate cookies today. It could have been any day. It could have been someone else. I mean, knowing you, you probably ate cookies. I don't, I wouldn't say that I eat more cookies than you or Amy Lee. Ah. On a, on a, you know, on a, on an annual basis, let's no, say. Yeah. No, like. You guys are always the ones who are bringing home weird Oreos. They're very good. 
I I liked the lemon ones. I thought those were okay. I'm I'm a big lemon fan. Lemon flavored things, <laughs> not the uh, subgenre of fan fiction. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying, Sean. <laughs> hey, just saying. <laughs> yeah. But I think also you would not believe that my theory was correct until Twintel walked onto the screen and said, personally, I was turned down for arms because of my arms. Look, I'm just saying that I don't want to engage with you on your conspiracy theory anymore, and I think it's time to move on. Uh, I think. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so Min 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 was selected. Yeah. Jar was second place. We don't really know what the situation was after that. I do feel like Twintel is probably still kind of lower tier for a variety of reasons. Um, one, you know, the the arms thing wasn't the only thing that I brought up. <laughs> I That's know. just the one you got really attached to. It was definitely also the one that interested you the most. Well, it's the one that generated the most discussion because you kept disagreeing with me on it. You loved that theory. <laughs> you looked like a giddy schoolboy showing me an A on your report card. We were like, well, I found that you know the arms was not capitalized. <laughs> I feel like I'm being mischaracterized here. But yeah, to be clear, I think that if Twintel was not under consideration for any big reason, it would be because she's too sexy. Yeah, too sexy. Yeah. Yeah, too sexy. I think that was a, a non-small part of it. Yeah. Um, And to clarify, I don't think that Sakurai looked at Twintel and, and went like, her arms are on her body. <laughs> her, she has hair. That's uh, I can't select her as a playable character. Believe me, Daniel, we all understand <laughs> your theory at this point. I just do think that if she was the playable character... They their their hype marketing would have been different. Okay, and I think you're wrong. Why don't we move on to the next part of talking about Min Min and not Twindel? <laughs> not until you're less mean about it, Sean. <laughs> Stop being so pushy, you bitch. <laughs> anyway, now we can. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad you got that out of your system. Yeah, who it feels nice. <laughs> so. So yeah, then he showed off uh, Min Min's moveset. Yeah, uh, which is nuts. Yeah, man, it's so cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah, she's basically a mid-range fighter. Uh, she has different attacks representing both her left arm and her right arm. Yeah. You press A to attack with her left arm and B to attack with her right arm, mm -hmm. uh, and you can kind of you can make them go in different directions. You yeah. can you can move them in succession. You can do smash attacks with both arms. You can also walk while your arms are moving. Yeah, uh, which is, I mean, I I was saying to Daniel during, uh, you know, kind of after we'd both watched this and we were both home, yeah. that I think Min Min is really cool, but I will probably never play her because of how execution heavy she looks. Yeah. And stuff like that is why. Yeah. Like trying to like control her arms while moving, you know, like thinking about which arm to use, like that's, that's a little much for me and i do occasionally like complicated fighting game characters yeah i do love how faithful that is to arms oh yeah i, I mean i think her design is incredible she's yeah. just not for me yeah like it was my my impression is that she's not for me that could change when i play as her right of course yeah because like in in arms the game like that's also how that works you can move your arms with the joy cons but while your arms are moving you still get to move the character right so it's kind of cool that they uh 
that they still incorporated that like into her smash move set. Yeah, I mean, in particular, you know, kind of using the A and B button to control her arms respectively. I mean, that's just throwing the normal Smash playbook out the window. Oh in yeah, a really cool way. Yeah, she's she's very different from other Smash characters, and yeah. that's that's wild that they're still coming up with move sets that different. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Down B also she has different arms. Like yes. Down B will change. Uh, the arm that's on her right arm. Yeah. Like, uh, there's three different varieties. There's the Ram Ram, which is like quick but low damage. The Megawatt that uh that is slow but heavy damage, mm-hmm. and the Dragon, uh, which is also always going to be her left arm. Yeah. Uh, the Dragon, which is kind of middle ground, mm-hmm. but if you hold it down, it will shoot a beam. Right. Uh, which uh, so there's. There's a lot of different strategies you can have depending on which arm you have equipped at the time. Oh, yeah. And, of course, you know, um, uh, switching arms on the fly is going to be important as well to suit the circumstance. Yeah. Um, her up uh if she's on the ground, she will use her arms to launch herself up really high into the air. Mm. If, she's, uh, if she's in the air, uh, she'll just kind of shoot her arms upwards. Yeah. Um. But if she's close enough to a ledge, she will do a tether grab. I feel like there's a lot of tether grabs in the DLC. Yeah. Yeah. And it suits all of them, too. Yeah. Because, like, because uh, Byleth has one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Joker has one. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's yeah, uh, weird. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's kind of crazy because I feel like for Smash 4, they kind of phased tether grabs out mm-hmm. from a lot of characters that used to have them. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then they kind of brought them back, like, in Ultimate and with a bunch of DLC. Yeah? Yeah, that's true. Her up-tilt reflects projectiles. It seems like that'll be a really nice tool. Oh, yeah. For Min Min to have. She, yeah, she does She does a flip kick, mm-hmm. uh, which she also has in arms proper. She can use that <laughs> to to knock arms out of the way that are headed towards her. That's cool. Yeah. And then she also, like, if you rapidly press A, she'll do just, like, kicks, like Chun-Li kicks. Yes! Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, very versatile. Yeah. Seems to me. Yeah. Lo- very, yeah, a lot of variety in her moveset. She seems to have, she seems to have answers for a lot of things, mm-hmm. but it also feels like, uh, oh, yeah, and when she, when she grabs opponents, right. uh, that will charge up her dragon and make the laser better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sakurai was saying that uh, she struggles against characters that stay in the air a lot. Yes. Uh, and I can definitely see that being the case. Yeah. Especially because she's one of those characters that just, like, doesn't have an up special that you can use offensively. Yeah. Which is a big pet peeve of mine. I don't love that. I yeah. like more versatile up specials. Yes. Um. So that's kind of another knock against her in terms of her becoming a character I play a lot. That's fair. I'm really looking forward to seeing, like... Min Min in a tournament. Though. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. definitely watching like Smash Pools the next time when when tournaments happen again. Yeah, yeah that'll be very cool. Yeah, um, she uh, she also has a dive kick, so that's a plus for me. <laughs> yeah, and her final smash is Arms Rush. Yet another cinematic where other characters from her franchise yeah. team up to attack the opponent. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> I love those. Uh, these, the characters in particular that show up are Springman, Ribbon Girl, Mechanica, Ninjara, Master Mummy, and Twintel. Okay. Um, and yeah, they all shoot their arms at the opponent and then beat them, <laughs> beat them up real good. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, like, that, that, that seems to be 
the standard. I don't think there's any DLC character. Um, what what's banjos? Uh, banjos as he rushes forward. Uh, and um, and also does a cinematic. I want to say. Right. I mean, at least with like Joker, you know, like that. It's like an all-out attack, right? So that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. With arms, I mean, it's like a one-on-one fighting game, and then you have all the arms people coming in. Like, <laughs> just have her summon a big dragon or something. Like, th- like be show a modicum of creativity in designing her final smash, <laughs> and uh, you know that that would be great if the team could do that. Yeah. I mean, I I can see them wanting to show off all the arms character designs, you know, mm-hmm. um, because funnily enough, uh, they're not in the background of the yeah, stage, that which, surprised is, me. which is something I was expecting. Yeah. Speaking of the stage, uh, that is Spring Stadium and yes. not the Ramen Bowl. Um, I think we I think we said it would either be Spring Stadium or the Ramen Bowl. Right. And it's Spring Stadium. Uh, there's springs on each end of the stage. Uh, and if items are turned on, little robots, little drones will, like, fly mm-hmm. onto the stage and drop items. Which is cute. Yeah, it's very cute. Yeah. And I, I like that, uh, I like that it's a DLC stage that has, like, a lot of hazards. Yes. Uh, That's cool. Because a lot of DLC stages have kind of played it safe in terms of layout. and Right. Uh, yeah. And not been, not really shooken things up too much. This, uh, this, this feels like a different kind of stage, <laughs> which is cool. Yes, I agree. And uh, and then they talked about the music. Um, so we predicted, I predicted that that what they would do is maybe not make a lot of new arrangements, uh, because maybe the arrangements wouldn't be ready mm-hmm. or or what. But uh, but that they would just kind of dump most of Arms' <laughs> soundtrack, yeah, onto uh, onto the playlist. You were bang on. Yeah, uh, nearly every stage is represented. In uh in the Arms Smash soundtrack, there's two new arrangements, mm-hmm. one of Arms Grand Prix official theme song, yeah, and one of Ramen Bowl, which is uh which is Min Min's stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, both are apparently rearranged by Asahi, who is the composer of Arms. Which that's that's interesting. Yeah, like uh like usually you'll they'll bring someone else in to mm-hmm. to arrange the track, but this time it's just like yeah, Asahi, you wanna. You want to arrange these again? Right. I wonder actually if uh if these are kind of if these are cutting room floor like mm, tracks. Right. I wonder if these are tracks that that Asahi arranged for arms initially that <laughs> did not make it into arms. That'd be interesting. And uh and now that they're doing this DLC and they didn't have time to arrange new tracks. Yeah. Uh maybe due to COVID and all that, they yeah. uh they they're like, oh, you have these two songs ready already? Cool. We'll, just, we'll put them in. New arrangements. Yeah. You know, like, I... You did predict this, and I understand the circumstances, but I still can't help but be disappointed by the fact that, like, we got two new arrangements, and they're both by the composer of the game. Yeah. Especially when you look back at, like, Terry, for instance, who had, like, 40 new songs, and yeah. a bunch of them were arrangements. Yeah. Like, uh... I yeah. Think, I think, like, 50 songs. Yeah. Like, um... It's just frustrating that, like, you're releasing DLC from a first party game. You have the rights to the music and presumably there are lots of composers sitting in their home studios with nothing to do because of what's happening with the world. Yeah. And this is what we get. Like I get it, but it's sad. It's, it's yeah, it is kind of a bummer. At least the arm soundtrack is pretty cool. Yes. And, uh, that is true. And also like, 
really bringing in a bunch of people to rearrange like half of these tracks. It's just like, hey, do you want to rearrange the main theme? <laughs> do you you want to rearrange this rearrangement of the main theme? Yeah, that's cool. um, yeah, like because the arms the arms main theme is incredible, but like there's there's not a lot of variety in the soundtrack it's, overall. Yeah, it's, it's it's kind of a very pervasive throughout all the songs. Yeah, through, through yeah. a vast majority of them. Yes, and uh, and yeah, so I'm not I'm not too torn up about about like not having a lot of rearrangements because the yeah the soundtrack has a lot of sameness to it yeah uh to it i think it it would be a stretch to say like it would be a waste to have a bunch of people come in and rearrange basically the same song Mm -hmm. um because i think seeing different interpretations of that could still be really cool oh yeah but yeah like uh if if this if this is the challenger pack where the where the soundtrack representation is a bit lackluster and we get good soundtrack releases for later character packs. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that it happened to Arms and not a soundtrack that I'm really passionate about. That's fair. Yeah, I still think it's. I I don't know. I understand that there are extenuating circumstances, but it still just kind of feels like a missed opportunity to me. Yeah, I get that. So I guess we'll see what happens with whoever the next character is. Yeah. So after that, uh, he wrapped up his Min Min talk. Um. Oh, right. I should say. Uh, the straight rips are Spring Stadium, Ribbon Ring, Ninja College, Mausoleum, Scrapyard, Cinema Dew, Buster Beach, Snake Park, DNA Lab, Sky Arena, Via Dolce, Temple Grounds, Sparring Ring, Name Redacted, Versus Headlock, and Arms Grand Prix Final Battle. There are some terrifying places in the world of arms. <laughs> like, yeah, I was just thinking about heading out to Snake Park. <laughs> After that, I guess I'll go to Ninja College. Snake Park is actually a skate park. Ah, there's no snakes there that's good besides kid cobra (laughs) who's who's kind of a snake yeah yeah i don't know maybe maybe they're just hiding while you're there and then after you're gone they're like hey come on out snakes (laughs) and then they get on like little snake skateboards yeah like yeah Ah, i did a kickflip but you don't have legs (laughs) that kind of thing yeah that's that's actually the sequel to skate bird it's (laughs) it's snake park right (laughs) yes yeah good and uh, the Min Min DLC releases June 29th. Very cool. So, yeah, very cool. So, Sean and I haven't touched it yet. Because uh, we can't. Yeah, and actually, uh, the next time we record will still be before the DLC releases. Yeah. Uh, so, we, uh, yeah, so you won't get to hear our impressions of that for a while. But I'm excited for it to come out. Me too. Then, uh, the, but there's still more presentation stuff that Sakurai showed. The first was me costumes. Yes. So I think there's one in particular I'll save for the end of this discussion. Okay. But he showed a me brawler costume for Ninjara mm-hmm. from Arms. Uh me costumes for Callie and Marie from Splatoon. They looked kind of scary to me. <laughs> I have to a, say. A, a little like uncanny valley almost. Yes, yeah. yeah. Definitely like like those if there were a storyline in Splatoon 3 about clones replacing Callie and Marie, that's what they would look like. <laughs> And they'd be like, what are you talking about? I'm totally like Marie. <laughs> then, like, you know, uh, uh, the main character is, like, backing away, stumbles. She's advancing on them. And then suddenly, you look like a clone. It's a horror game. Splatoon 3 is a first-person horror game. That's anyway, pretty much how that works. Anyway, Callie is a brawler and Marie's a gunner. <laughs> yep, and they're both evil. And then, uh, at, at the end of it, they showed uh, they showed a cute little, like... A cute little like Fallout style like Mario thing, yeah. 
And then, uh, and then they showed a me costume for the Vault Boy from Which the I Fallout. Yeah, didn't predict that. Yeah, nor did I. Yeah, <laughs> Vault Boy from the Fallout franchise is a me Gunner costume. Yeah, and he he looks like the fucking Vault Boy. Yeah, That's that a, that was more like Canny Valley. Yeah, that was a good ass Vault Boy costume. Yeah, uh, but uh, somewhere in the middle, uh, they showed a character that has been heavily discussed here at a smashing theory for literal years yes <laughs> they showed a me brawler costume for hey hachi from tekken yeah <laughs> I, I um so a friend of mine and uh a writer to, and listener to the podcast my friend lonnie mm. messaged me on facebook after this got revealed and said like so how upset are you that hey hachi's in the game and I basically replied by saying, like, well, since I think that him being a me costume uh, means that he will not be a DLC character, I think it's great. <laughs> uh, it is worth noting that uh, that there are me costumes for characters in the game that that are also playable characters. That being, is true. Yes. Being, being a me costume does not mean that you're not playable. The timing, though. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I do agree. I think, I think in this marketing cycle, like in this phase, if, if a me costume releases for a character that is not already playable in the game, mm -hmm. they will not become playable later. I agree. Uh, and I, not just because it's extremely convenient for me. I think there's one possible exception, one very small possible exception, and that is Sans from Undertale. Mm, yeah, um, yep. yeah. I think, I think that maybe, like, if so many people bought the Sans me costume, <laughs> that that Sakurai goes, oh, maybe there is a market for this, or Nintendo goes, oh, maybe mm -hmm. maybe people would buy Sans as an actual playable character. He might show up in Fighter Pass too. Sure, I could see that. Otherwise, especially. If a character shows up as a me fighter during the Fighters Pass Two cycle, yeah, they're not going to become playable later in Fighters Pass Two yep. because that would really undermine that DLC. So I I must admit, finally after all this time, <laughs> that that Heihachi will not be in Smash Bros. <laughs> As a playable character, is that is that your Heihachi impression? Is that no. a Heihachi laugh? <laughs> no, it's not. Because I'm saying goodbye to him forever. <laughs> Interestingly, it was it was brown hair Heihachi and not white hair Heihachi. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think that's actually just the Heihachi character from Smash Four, okay, which was made around the time that his original voice actor died. Right. right. Yeah. Um. And maybe they kept it that way because his second voice actor died kind of recently. Mm hmm. Yeah, end end of an era. Yeah, bye Hachi. <laughs> hey Bachi, no. Uh, yeah, it's uh that that's kind of wild. Like I think also this kind of disqualifies Tekken. You know? Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like here's like because if if a character from Tekken is going to be in Fighters Pass two, then why would you not? Or like that would be when they would do the Tekken collab. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I think yeah, I think Tekken's just not happening. Okay. Um. So no Jin, no, no Devil Nina, Jin, no no Nina <laughs> Williams, no Elisa Bronkanovich, <laughs> Boskanovich. I don't know Tekken lore. Yeah. Uh, Elisa is the is the robot girl. Right. Right. right yeah. Yes. The, the pink haired robot girl. She was built by Doctor Boskanovich. 
Um, yeah. Dr. Boskanovich is the closest thing I've ever had to a Tekken main. Oh. I played him for one day in Tag Tournament 2, and uh, he's got bombs. He's got bombs? Yeah. Yeah, I like to use the bombs. Yeah, he 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 builds a robot and then dies. Maybe. Damn. Um. Yeah. Sorry for that guy. Not as sorry as I feel for Heihachi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't feel sorry for him at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i I think I think it's fair that that he's not here. Like, uh, he was never like I I thought that he was likely for a lot of reasons. An mm-hmm. Amco Bandai rep, like uh. Like you know, he's he's another like really important. Uh, he's he would be a really important part of like fighting game representation. Mm-hmm. You've got Ryu in there. You've got Terry in there. Right. Having a Tekken rep alongside those like would make a lot of sense at this point. Yeah. But yeah, I think uh, I think the dream is dead. Okay. Good. Yeah. Yep. Um. Great. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> oh, incredible. <laughs> Amy, Amy said. Mm-hmm. That uh, that I should get a screen cap of the Heihachi me, uh, and and make that a Discord icon. <laughs> make, that, make that a Discord emote. I think that's great because then whenever people spam the Heihachi emote in our Discord, I can reply with me Heihachi. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally into that. Uh, um, yeah, it's yeah. So uh, that means that I who had predicted Heihachi as one of the characters for Fighters Pass 2. That's right. Now I need to fill that in with yeah. a uh, with a new candidate. Um, I think I know who that's going to be. This, okay. this is a little tentative. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm going to put back in a character that I had predicted and yanked out. Oh. And that is Crash Bandicoot. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, I think, actually, this could end up lining up for a lot of reasons. Because Crash Bandicoot 4 just got announced. Yes. It got announced for PS4 and Xbox One. Mm-hmm. But one thing that's been happening lately is a new Crash, like uh, like a Crash or Spyro game will come out for PS4. Mm-hmm. And then like a year later, it'll come out for the Switch. Mm. So if we get uh, if we get Crash Bandicoot 4 for the Nintendo Switch in 2021, uh-huh. uh, a Crash playable character in Smash might line up very well as a tie-in to that announcement or that release. I think that's smart. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good pick. Um, One character I almost put back in that slot is Tracer from Overwatch, mm-hmm. because I think enough time has passed that if she was, <laughs> if she was playable in the game, uh, people wouldn't be really upset over the, yeah. the Overwatch thing. Uh, yeah. Nobody would care anymore. Except yeah. Me. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Whether or not they should be right. They, they should, still be upset about it that's I, I think that's different i think anyone that still is upset about it makes total sense yeah yeah um like because they they made they made some mea culpas but their their reaction to that was not perfect you know yeah for sure um but i i do think that i do think that as as a business nintendo and blizzard might decide uh-huh. that it's okay to put tracer in the game again sure i get that yeah and you know i i think I think more female representation in this DLC pass in you know in this fighters pass is coming somehow. Okay. Uh worth noting though, Min Min. Yeah. Yeah. Female She's a rap. lady. Yeah, female rep mm-hmm. does not have a male as an alternate costume. Yeah. Um That's and, a good point. Yeah, and isn't like an echo fighter of another guy, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh so maybe she'll be the one 
the one uh, female DLC in, in Fighters Pass 2 sure. that is strictly female DLC and not like, you know, not like an alt costume thing. That'd be cool. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be. Or, right, right, yeah. right. Yes, I'm sorry. That would not be cool. <laughs> That'd be cool. I only want one woman in my Fighters Pass. Uh, so, yeah, my brain processed what you said in the wrong way. I see. Yep. Yeah. Um, I was so high on Heihachi that it's affecting my or high on the lack thereof. Or Heihachi. Hey, <laughs> It wasn't that funny, Sean. It was pretty good. Uh, so after the costumes, yeah. Uh, Sakurai told us some uh, some updates to like spirits. Yes. Uh, first off, some spirit battles will change if you own a specific fighter or me costume. For example, if you have the Cuphead me costume, mm-hmm. the Cuphead spirit will be a fight with a Cuphead me instead of Mega Man. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, that was actually that that has actually been true since the Cuphead update, oh. but he but he's letting people know about that publicly now. Okay, um, and he said we can expect this to happen with other fighters and spirits in the future. Okay, so I uh, Min Min is currently a spirit oh, in, in Smash Ultimate. So I think basically what he's basically just kind of low key saying, yeah, if you get Min Min as a playable character, if you get fighters pass 2 or if you download min min separately uh the min min spirit battle will turn into a fight with min min herself yeah yeah which makes sense it does make sense also worth noting that if a character was a spirit in the base game they're not necessarily disqualified anymore. yeah that's true uh because min min was a spirit in the base game and now she's playable mm-hmm. so that uh that reopens eligibility to characters like Gino from okay. uh, Super Mario RPG. A lot of people would be happy about that. Yeah, or or Shantae, who's still not happening. <laughs> Shantae is still not being added as a playable character. I agree. But I've I've seen a lot of people be like, oh, Shantae, Shantae crew, what's up? She's, <laughs> spirits are disqualified, right. Shantae! She's definitely confirmed! Yeah. Uh, That'd be as ridiculous as thinking Heihashi was going to be in the game. <laughs> I'll stop. I'll, That'll be my I'll, last I'll one. Let you, I'll let you have this. That's my this, last one. For this episode, I'll let you have this. Uh, yeah, I, I do still think Shantae as a me fighter will will make a lot of sense. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Here's a playable character, though. Yeah, not happening. Sorry, Shantae fans. <laughs> Sekar also announced that you can now rematch any spirit that you've earned already. Yeah, this is uh, cool. Through the spirit menu. That Yeah, that's really cool. And uh, and then he showed like a reel of how to beat some really <laughs> difficult spirit battles, uh-huh. uh, which was so funny because I played through World of Light. Yes. I got nearly all of the spirits, and there were some that I really had trouble with, mm-hmm. uh, like Pauline. Yeah, I, spe- I spent hours on that fight. Yeah, that, that, as soon as he showed Pauline, I was like, "Oh wow!" I remember Daniel just like banging his head against the wall trying to beat this, you know, spirit. Yeah, and they showed such a like. A cheap but smart oh yeah workaround where you hit her from range with the staff yes very clever great idea yeah they also uh they also showed like a different like a different tactic to beat the nine volt and 18 volt battle uh which i also wasted hours on <laughs> uh, i remember that too yeah god those, those were like hair pullingly frustrating uh, and uh and yeah there there are ways to make those easy so it's 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 cute. It's cute that yes. like if you if you're really creative, you can make those easy. That really made me appreciate like the value of spirits that cause you to start with specific items. Yeah. Because when I was playing World of Light, I would mostly just think like, "Oh, that's lame. I'm never going to use that." Yeah. When in reality, you know, I mean, they can help you win fights very easily. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um. He showed uh he showed amiibo stuff. <laughs> he he started talking about amiibo and he's like every non DLC fighter, every every fighter from Ultimate's base roster has now had an amiibo released. Yeah. Uh, he mentioned that some characters have their Smash Four appearance mm-hmm. like zelda and ganondorf so those they have amiibo that are out of date <laughs> right and and then he said uh he's like yeah they like that's how they look Ah, uh, what a shame but we released them all every last one <laughs> by the way please take a look at this and then he <laughs> reaches behind his house plants <laughs> and pulls out a joker amiibo uh uh, and then afterwards, he pulls out the hero amiibo from the same plant, yeah, uh, and announces them both as uh, as amiibo that are coming out fall twenty twenty. Yes, he then says that other amiibo of DLC characters are in development. However, we don't know how many of them will actually be produced. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's kind of a you know they they've clearly been phasing out amiibo over the years, mm, right? Um, so. Like they're they're probably going to like make make amiibo of DLC characters until they until they can see kind of on a graph that they're making less and less money on it, <laughs> and then there will probably be some Fighters Pass two DLC characters that never get an amiibo. Yeah, which is a shame because you love amiibo. I do, but I I loved them when they were compatible with a variety of games. Sure, now they're compatible with Smash. <laughs> You know, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, and they're not really releasing other games that they're compatible with. I do wonder if, uh, if we'll start to see a resurgence of Amiibo because Animal Crossing Amiibo blew up. Oh yeah, I yeah. can see that. Yeah, I do wonder. I do wonder if that'll that'll get a reawakening, and then Amiibo will stay relevant for a few more years to come. Sure. Then, uh, then Sakurai kind of wrapped up with a with a couple fun things. Mm-hmm. One is that he uh, filled us in that Ryo Horikawa, the voice of Captain Falcon, <laughs> reprised his role for his cameo in the Arms reveal trailer. Great. Uh, yeah, Ryo Horikawa is apparently also the Japanese voice of Vegeta. Interesting. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, <laughs> it's the first time he's come back to voice the character since he originally did it for Smash sixty four. That blew my mind. Yeah, they've been reusing those voice clips for every Smash game that has come out since. Good thing they were recorded in such high quality. Yeah, uh, including Captain Falcon's Final Smash line, which was apparently actually recorded for Smash 64 because Final Smashes were considered as a feature back then. I never, if I had not found that out, would have guessed that they were thinking about doing Final Smashes as far back as Smash 64. Yeah, that would have been kind of ahead of its time, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like getting like yeah like having super moves in that game right like in 1999 yeah yeah, yeah it would been a, a little ahead of its time and finally Sakurai reassured us all that the rest of Fighters Pass Two is still in development yes um things might go slower because of COVID but they will not stop right uh and that he looks forward to to showing us more fighters and reveal trailers we're still getting <laughs> we're still getting animated reveal trailers that is good that yeah. must be difficult to do when you're working from home yeah you know? coordinating uh production of a reveal trailer for a character on like a slack channel <laughs> is something that i would hate doing yeah like just just getting together on zoom and being like okay <laughs> can you show me the character model yeah. right i mean god 
Like, it's hard enough to do that with my boring-ass job, let alone, you know, something that you're going to release to, like, millions of fans. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, that good, you know, God bless those guys. And, yeah. And those men and women. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, looking forward to it, though. Me too. Looking forward to all that stuff. Absolutely. So that was the Min Min reveal. Uh, very hype, very cool. Looking forward to playing her next week. Me too. And and talking about her on this podcast in like a month. <laughs> uh, then uh, our last big thing to talk about: mm-hmm. the New Game Plus Expo happened this morning. Yeah, uh, as of this recording. And uh, and yeah, we made a bunch of predictions for them last episode, mm-hmm. and uh, there were many reveals. Some stuff we were dead on about, uh, <laughs> some stuff I did not see coming at all, and and the scale of this this presentation, mm-hmm. right? Uh, New Games Plus Expo. It's this digital presentation of of a bunch of kind of like C tier like developers and publishers. Yeah, a couple of bigger names were there, like Sega, for example. Yes. Um. But mostly it's kind of like uh like kind of some not quite indie developers and some some developers and publishers that like localized like lower scale Japanese games. Mm-hmm. Uh this was kind of uh this was kind of a this was a very interesting presentation because it had the potential to show a lot of hidden gems yes. or the potential to not show much of anything. <laughs> and we got kind of a mix of that. Yeah. Like some some pres- some publishers really brought their a game they they really treated it like an event yes and there are other publishers who uh did the exact opposite of that <laughs> uh so it'll be fun to talk about which is which mm-hmm. so we did our uh we predicted uh what each publisher would bring kind of alphabetical order yeah so we'll we'll kind of hash that out in in the same order so first was actil uh kind of uh kind of a publisher that picks up indie titles and localizes some indie Japanese games. Mm-hmm. Um, and we predicted that uh, Actil would announce a localization of a cool Japanese thing. Oh, we should probably open with this. I predicted the localization of a Japanese uh, werewolf-style game called Noja. <laughs> yeah. That did not show up. No. What that, a shame. Yeah, what a shame. It would have been perfect for that presentation. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I hope I hope it gets localized one day. Me too. I hope and I hope it's not in like ten years for the Switch Three. Yeah, same. I really, yeah, I really hope we see it like you know we see it in like twenty twenty one or something. And yes, it's, it's just the localization's too far off to, for this <laughs> presentation specifically. Right. And we predicted that Axel would announce a localization of a cool new Japanese thing. Yep. Uh, instead, uh, they showed off one thing at the event, and it was uh, it was Billion Road, a game yep. that they've already released. Uh, they're just like, it's available now for the Switch. <laughs> cool. Thank you, Actel. Yeah. Good job, guys. Yeah. So, uh, like, it's so funny that, like, clearly the people running New Game Plus like, were like, hey, would you like to show something at this, <laughs> at our digital event? Uh, and and some people were like, oh, cool. So I can just show an ad for a game I've already released. And other people <laughs> were like, I'm going to make a big announcement. Right. Actel was clearly the former. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's just so funny that, like, the people doing the former just didn't get the memo that some people were yeah. going to like treat this like an actual event. So now they just look like jerks, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll talk about more jerks later. Sure. Axis Games. 
who've done a lot of localizations of visual novels and fighting games. Axis games were not jerks. No, they were not. Oh, they were not jerks. They were the opposite of jerks. Yeah, they brought so much to New Games Plus Expo. So we predicted, uh, we made a very safe predict. Uh, We were very conservative with our Axis games predictions. We thought that they would just show some footage of a game they've already announced called Color X Malice. Color X Malice wasn't even there. Yeah. Here's what was there. <laughs> First, they opened with Tin and Kuna, a cute puzzle adventure game that's coming out fall 2020. Uh-huh. Uh, lo- looks very cute. Yeah. Um, not really my thing, but still cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they showed Caf- Cafe Enchante, <laughs> which which was my fiance's game of the show. I was going to say, I'm sure she went nuts as yeah. soon as that started playing. And it actually might be mine too. <laughs> uh, like it was really up there for me. Cafe Enchante is an Otome game. Yeah. Uh, for those that don't know what an Otome game is, it's basically kind of uh, like a romance, like kind of dating sim game where typically you are a girl and all your romance options are pretty men. Yes. Um, that tends to be what an otome game is. Uh, it is an otome game that takes place at a cafe and all the male patrons there are like, are like demons and yeah. like ghosts and monsters like, and angels. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's like a, there's like kind of a headless horseman style dude that mm-hmm. attends. There's, there's like a demon man. There's there's an angel man. Uh, there's like a government agent that that is that is there, <laughs> like investigating all uh-huh. of these supernatural men. But he is also dateable. Uh, <laughs> great choice. Great yeah, uh, great decision. Design decision. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, like you, your the playable character that you are is the girl that like that's just an employee at the cafe, surrounded by all these sexy men. Yep. Um, and I, I've seen I've seen Amy play a good amount of Otome games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen her play a few. Sure. Um, and uh, and one trend I've kind of noticed with Otome games is that uh, the female protagonist is always very lazily designed, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, like the the girl, like the playable character, the girl that you play as is usually. Half the time, uh, she essentially has no face. She has, like, hair covering <laughs> her eyes or something. Right. Probably so you can put yourself in the character more. Sure. Uh, or they just have a very bland and generic design. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the protagonist of Cafe Enchante, super adorable. <laughs> Great protagonist design. Uh-huh. Like... Because she both, like, kind of has kind of that, like, protagonist-y, like, you can kind of just put yourself in her yeah. kind of kind of look. But also she looks distinct enough to be, like, her own character. Yes. Yeah. yeah that was that was well done. And I, I just love the art and character designs for this, like... It's gorgeous. Like, yeah, great-looking game, great character designs. Yeah. And, like, just, just seems super cute and fun. Mm-hmm. Like, it comes out fall 2020, and I am at the very least watching Amy play through this. Nice. Yeah. It looks like... That was one of my favorite games of the presentation, and I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. Uh, they also showed another Otome game called uh, Piafore Faded Memories. Uh, and this one, this has <laughs> this this one has kind of a more generic female protagonist design. Yeah. But other than that, a great uh, a great premise. Uh, you are caught up in a mafia turf war. <laughs> 
uh, between like several like mafia like gangs. Yeah, and all the mafiosos are just sexy, <laughs> sexy men that that uh that are interested in you. I guess it's very different from the normal mafia. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's also coming out fall twenty twenty. I like the premise. I'm a bit more interested in Cafe Enchante, but uh, yeah, yeah, but still great. Yeah, cute idea. Uh, they, after the Cafe Enchante trailer, they're like, and here's another sneak peek from Access Games, a brand new game that's a collaboration with, I, I didn't write down the, the developer. Yeah. Uh, but get a, get a quick look at this new game. <laughs> um, and I timed the trailer, including the logos at the beginning and the logo for the game at the end, this trailer was 14 seconds long. Yeah, like, you could have blinked and missed it. Yeah, like... And I mean, trailer, it was basically, it panned over a still image. Yeah, or I, I think I think it was, like, I think it was, like, an in-game render, but it basically just, like, the character was standing still, yeah. it zoomed in on her slightly for three seconds, and then yeah. showed the game logo. The game's weird. called Escape from Asura, uh, apparently, it's connected to the Criminal Girls franchise. Okay. Um, the the girl appeared to be one of the Criminal Girls. Uh, criminal Girls is uh, it's this uh, it's this RPG franchise where you, the male protagonists, are uh, in hell rehabilitating a bunch of girls, uh-huh. uh, and you do it in uh, in in sex ways. Sure. Yeah. It's it's one of those. Yep. Um, maybe that's why they only showed three seconds because the <laughs> other because otherwise it would just be horny the whole time. Yeah, because the other seconds they would show would just be really inappropriate. <laughs> um, Axis's last presented game was much more wholesome. Uh, a game called Pretty Princess Party. Yes. Uh, a game where you play as an adorable princess. Uh, that is customizable. Great. And you. And you just engage in mini games with other princesses. And oh like yeah, like deco- horseback riding. Yeah, horseback riding, and you just like decorate things. Yeah, it seemed very cute. Amy was also excited about that one. I mean, hey, maybe I'll even pick Pretty Princess Party up and become the princess of my dreams. Yeah, yeah, I, I want to be a princess. Yeah, yeah. Like Who that- doesn't? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure several people. They're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I that, that game looks cute as hell. I am yes. kind of excited for it. It does. Um. But that was Axis, like, it's so funny the contrast between the first developer uh-huh. we talk about and the second. Like, Axis brought so much. Yeah, they blew it out of the water. The, I I think they're in contention to be one of the publishers that brought the most things. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's other other people that did bring their A-game. <laughs> one, one publisher that did not bring their A-game is Arc System Works. <laughs> uh, they confirmed ahead of time that they were going to bring uh, new Guilty Gear Strive footage. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah. Uh, and it, they did not even reveal a new character, which which I prepared myself for. They did mm-hmm. say in advance that there wasn't going to be a new character reveal until August, but we predicted that there would be gameplay of the newest revealed character, Ram Lethal. Yeah, they showed a gameplay trailer of Milia Rage and Zato One. <laughs> they they showed yeah they showed gameplay yep. of the two of them fighting, um, and then mentioned that the game's coming out early 2021. That was a delay that they announced earlier. I don't know if we brought it up on the podcast, okay. but because of COVID. Uh, the game is not coming out in 2020 anymore. It's coming out early 2021. Sure. Which is fair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we we had predicted other potential things, 
but uh i think uh i think what we landed on is that guilty gear strive was the only thing that they would show we talked about them showing another anime fighter like dragon ball fighters mm-hmm. but we decided that would not happen and it we, didn't we talked about persona 5 arena and we decided that would not happen and we were correct yeah and they didn't reveal anything else, so we were spot on about that, unfortunately. Yeah, good job. Yeah. Up next was Gung Ho America, who confirmed that they would show their new North American developed game, Volta X. Weirdly enough, so near the end of the presentation, uh, there was a there was basically just like a highlight reel, right? Mm-hmm. Just like a quick reel of like 20 games, uh, showed short snippets of each of them. Volta X was only in the end of show <laughs> reel. Right. They did not have like a big like presentation about it. Yeah, that's weird. Um, actually, now that I'm thinking back, yeah, there were there were some to, uh, there were some publishers that uh, that did post showcase streams, right? Like for like six hours after the showcase, um, there were hour long and half hour long blocks mm-hmm. of uh, of just one publisher showing off some of their stuff. Yeah, and uh, and Gung Ho America did show off Volta X gameplay during their chunk. Okay. But uh but during the yeah, during just the showcase proper hmm. yeah, just uh it was only in the reel and that's it. That's weird. Yeah. Um Grasshopper Manufacture. <laughs> <laughs> so we predicted uh that maybe we'd get silver uh the silver case ports, but we would definitely get a gameplay of No More Heroes three. Right. And th- this is the funniest shit. Yeah. We were technically right. Yeah, like, the pres- you can't say we didn't get it. The presentation opened. The second thing shown in the presentation was Suda51, just, like, a, just a terrible webcam shot yeah. of Suda51, like, super low-quality uh-huh. webcam for Suda51. Him in front of his very bad webcam and a, a green screen behind him. Uh, just, like, talking, like, hi, uh... This is a New Games Plus Expo. I bet there'll be a lot of people showing cool things at this expo. <laughs> and behind him, obscured by his body, yeah. is No More Heroes 3 gameplay. Yep. Like, you don't even see Travis Touchdown. You just see a laser sword right. swing above his head. And, like, the UI. Yeah, occasionally. And you get to see the UI and, like, shadow things, like kind of emerging in the background and then getting hit by the laser sword of a character we can't see. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously he did that on purpose. Oh, yeah. To be funny or he, whatever. He absolutely... That is exactly Suda51's sense of humor. Yeah. But yeah, and then he's like, okay, New Game Plus Expo start! And then it started, and then we never saw anything else from Grasshopper yeah. Manufacture for the rest <laughs> of the presentation. Yep. I think that's actually hilarious. Yeah, that, that was great. Yeah, very in character for Suda. Very funny little thing they did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we... We did not get a trailer. We did not get a release date. We just got obscured gameplay. Yep. Uh, but hey, the game's still in development. That's good to know. It, and it's it's it seems kind of far along actually mm-hmm. from what we can see behind him. You know, <laughs> right? I'm sure that that game is inevitably inevitably going to get delayed into 2021. Sure. Uh, just due to you know various circumstances. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, I'm. It was there in kind of the perfect way. I got a kick out of that, actually. Me too. Uh, then Idea Factory, mm-hmm. um, a a company that makes Neptunia and a lot of other JRPGs with uncomfortable fan service. <laughs> uh, we predicted that there would that uh, they would just kind of show 
the slate of RPGs they've already announced. Mm-hmm. Death and Request 2, Super Neptunian RPG, and Ark of Alchemist. Right. Um, Ark of Alchemist was not there. Mm-hmm. Um, Death and Request 2 was. Yes. Uh, they just showed a whole trailer for it with a release date of August 25th. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you... Uh, if you watched that trailer, if you watched that, if you watched the New Games Plus Expo presentation, you probably saw what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, <laughs> I was at work and had this trailer playing while I was doing some paperwork. Yeah, and my boss's twelve-year-old daughter happened to be in the office. Oh no! And so <laughs> during the Idea Factory segment, I you know I had to fast forward a lot, just like very quickly, kind of <laughs> tap my tablet to fast forward past like gratuitous bikini shots and stuff. Yeah. Um. Uh. Fortunately, I mean, she didn't see anything. But right. I was still like, oh god, like oh god, I got. There's a moment yeah. of extreme panic. Yeah. No, that sounds very stressful. And Super Neptunia RPG was not there. Instead, they announced a new Neptunia game where there are idols called Neptunia Virtual Stars. Yes. And the trailer made it look very wholesome, actually. Yeah. They didn't show any of the gross stuff that tends to be in Neptunia games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guarantee that there will be gross stuff in that game. Oh, I'm sure. That they have not shown in the trailer. Yeah. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, Inti Creates, uh, the creators of Azure Striker Gunvolt, Dragon Marked for Death, and a, mm-hmm. lot of, a lot of kind of sprite-based Metroidvania stuff. Uh, I predicted that they would show a new IP that is Mm -hmm. still a sprite-based action game. Instead, uh, they announced Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2. Yeah. uh, Because they developed Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 1, which was was kind of this 8-bit, kind of the spinoff of Bloodstained. Mm -hmm. Bloodstained being the the Castlevania-esque game made by... Made by Iga, yeah, um, one of the main developers of Castlevania before he left Konami, yeah, and then you know in, in... specifically like Symphony of the Night and yeah. like you know kind of the modern day Castlevanias. So like in the same way that the main Bloodstained series is kind of a love letter to Igavania Castlevania games, Curse of the Moon is like a love letter to classic Castlevania games. Yeah, yeah, ripped off of old school Castlevania games. Yeah, in in some pretty cool ways, multiple playable characters, mm-hmm. like like a good old yes. Castlevania game. Uh yeah, they they announced the sequel. They announced Curse of the Moon too, yeah. with with uh, with a new cast of playable characters. I have to say, um, even though I didn't play the first Curse of the Moon, this might have been my game of the show. Wow, okay. I was totally into the idea of kind of like you know multiple characters that have synergy that can all be played together. It just yeah. looks really well designed. It's very pretty sprite work. Yeah. Yeah, I was just totally into this game. Yeah, Curse of the Moon 1 is pretty neat too, I think. And currently available on Xbox Game Pass. Well, play for free, Xbox Game Pass. Yeah! yeah! Daniel yeah. loves Xbox Game Pass. I mean... I mean, for a good reason. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to uh, trying out Curse of the Moon 1 at some point. Nice. And then maybe Curse of the Moon 2 later. Yeah. Um. Also, uh, Indie Creates did a post-showcase stream, mm-hmm. Um. and they showed weird plant girl dlc for blaster master zero okay like uh i guess there's this plant girl in the game and they revealed like a whole new mode where you can like plant the plant girl and cultivate her in different ways to get new plants interesting yeah it's uh chris christina v recorded voice lines for the trailer to make her like very chipper and annoying like she kind (laughs) of the plant girl kind of narrates like you can play as me now or whatever Uh, you know and uh 
uh little little grating <laughs> amy was not amused uh and that was inti creates right uh then koei tecmo uh known for the warriors franchise dead or alive and atelier mm-hmm. um i predicted that maybe we'd get a sequel to atelier riza which right. we did not get no um but I also predicted that we'd get a gameplay trailer for their RPG that they're making that's based off of the anime fairy tale. Mm-hmm. This we did get. Yes. A, a very like extensive trailer that showed off all the gameplay features and various characters that would be playable in the game. Yeah. Uh, and a release date of July 31st, 2020. Um, this was probably one of the times you had to fast forward past all the girls in bikinis. I did. Yeah. Because yep. <laughs> that did happen at some point. It sure did. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a shame because as a video game, it looks very cool and fun. I agree. Um, but I I know that the female characters in that game do not uh, get treated in <laughs> in that anime. Yeah, they do not get treated great. So yeah. that that is definitely kind of uh, suppressed yeah. my enthusiasm for that game. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, then Natsume. Uh, <laughs> Who uh who have made the really shitty Harvest Moon games yeah. after their licensing deal with uh with the original Harvest Moon developers fell apart. Yep. Uh we predicted that they would show its its new shitty Harvest Moon game One World, and they did, and it looks bad. Yeah. Oh man. Like at the very beginning of the trailer, I thought, you know, like maybe they'll surprise me, you know? Like maybe yeah. they'll actually put some effort into this, maybe I'll be blown away. And then immediately it was like, eh, like, nope, never mind. Hey, <laughs> this looks bad. Everything it, about this looks bad. It looks like they did put effort into it, but <laughs> but in a way where it's still going to be worse than any yes. story of Seasons game ever was or will yes, be. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like, they might as well not have invested as much effort as they clearly did. <laughs> right. They could have just cashed out and it would have been fine. Yeah. And they showed some other game during, uh, they also did a post showcase like yeah. stream presentation. They showed some other game during that that looked kind of interesting, but I forgot to get the name of it. Right. Um, NIS America. Yeah. Uh, this, this was another heavy hitter for oh, the presentation. Yeah. Uh, so they, uh, they're known for Disgaea, the East franchise, Trails of Cold Steel. I predicted that they would show off Trails of Cold Steel 4, give us a release date trailer. Mm-hmm. We got that, baby. Yeah, we uh, really did. They they just kind of jumped right into whatever the fuck is happening in that game. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, these these feel like big spoilers. Yeah. Yeah, like, because I've been kind of interested in trying out the Cold Steel franchise. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they they really made a trailer that, that assumes that you've played the other three games. Yes. I'm sick of the Trails series, but not for a good reason. It just gets a lot of airplay. Like, a lot of people, if you ever see, like, a thread on the internet that's like, hey, what's an underrated RPG? Like, Trails of Cold Steel is always the top response, you Uh, know? Or Trails of the Sky or whatever. The Legend of Heroes stuff. Yes, yeah. And I've just heard about it so much at this point that I have trouble sustaining interest. I will say that before I found out what it was, I was like, oh, this looks kind of intriguing. Okay, yeah. Uh, and then it was like Trails of Cold Steel. I was like, oh. The, the, the Undertale effect. Yes. May, maybe not to quite the same extent. But, no, but yeah. But yeah. Uh, for for context, uh, the the fan base of Undertale was very vocal about it to the point that it turned uh, Sean off of playing the game for years. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and it's he, he's still... There, there's still things about it that he's kind of guarded about because part partially because so many people like vocally love it and he's kind of sick of hearing about it. 
Uh, I mean, yeah, there, you know, there's, there's definitely an extent to which that's true. I, I don't remember what it was. There was some podcast that we did where I was talking about how Undertale killed my YouTube channel. (laughs) And in that I go into some more detail about specific gameplay reasons that I had trouble getting into the game. Yeah. But yeah, the hype factor is definitely a part of it too. Yeah. Can't deny that. Uh, I, but for further context, I love Undertale. I'm, yes, I'm he the, does. I'm the guy who got Sean the copy of Undertale that he played on his <laughs> on his YouTube yeah. before the the channel died. Um, Rip. All right, P. You'll I'm, I'm sure you'll 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 pick it back up at some point. I would I would love to. Uh, yeah, I mean, first yeah. of all, I would like to just be able to finish Undertale so that I can say that I did. Yeah. Uh, and second of all, I have other games that I'd like to play yeah. uh, for people that I enjoy. Yeah. Uh, and I'm excited to get to those. <laughs> um, uh, right. So Trails of Cold Steel 4 um, is coming to PS4 October 27th and other platforms in 2021. Yes. They also showed uh, Trails of Cold Steel 3 in, in that reel at the end. Okay. Uh, we predicted that there would be a new release date for the console version of RPG Maker MV, which they have not talked about in the year since it got delayed mm-hmm. uh, for for localization. Right. Um, and during the, uh, during the reel, uh, at the end of the presentation, RPG Maker MV was there yeah. uh, for fall 2020. Uh, so they didn't, like, make a big announcement trailer for it, but they just kind of like, yep, it's still, we're still working on it. It's mm-hmm. still coming out later. I'm into that. Yeah, me too. I like RPG Maker. Me too. Yeah. And then they, they showed a bunch of other stuff at the presentation. Yes. Like, more than a half of it was just, like, in that reel at the end, actually. <laughs> um, but they also did some, some straight up announcements. Um, uh, Fallen Legion Revenants, a sequel to Fallen Legion, this right. kind of side-scrolling, uh, RPG mm-hmm. with kind of this neat art style um, got revealed for an early 2021 release. Yeah. Um, and then they showed a bunch of games in the reel. Uh, Void Terrarium, this like weird, cute roguelike thing where you're like a green little robot or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Giraffe and Annika, a cute action RPG with, with cat people. Yeah, I remember seeing this in the reel and going, going like, oh. Uh, <laughs> Amy was pumped. Yeah. She was so excited. Uh, that's coming out uh, August 25th, and uh, Void Terrarium is coming out July 14th. Um, Prinny 1 and 2 was in that reel. Uh, it's a re release of the Prinny games yeah. for PSP or whatever. I wonder if, because I, um, when the first Prinny game came out, I remember a review of it basically saying, like, this game is cool, but it's so hard. No game should be this hard. <laughs> I wonder if now, in the age of, like, Dark Souls and I want to be the guy and stuff, uh-huh. if it would enjoy a more positive reception. Maybe. I wonder if also it, it would have, like, kind of make this game easier features. Right, sure. Yeah, like the Play as Luigi thing or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's coming out October 13th. Mad Rat Dead was shown in the reel, uh, a rhythm platformer with an edgy rat mascot <laughs> for October 30th. Uh-huh. And then NAS America actually finished the presentation. After that reel, they were the one more thing. Right. And that one more thing was an announcement of East 9, Monstrum Knox. Yes. Um, and that, I, th- I think that's a pretty good announcement to close the presentation with. I have trouble being objective about East because I've tried two of the East games and I thought that both of them were underwhelming. Which ones? Uh, the one for the PSP 
E7, I think. Okay. And some other one, I don't remember. I know I've played two of them, I'm not sure what the other one was. Okay. But yeah, for both of them, I just thought, like, this feels kind of low budget and substandard, and I don't really get why people like it, and I mm-hmm. moved on. Yeah. Uh, I have yet to play an East game, although I own at least a couple. I own, like, East Book 1 and 2, for, okay. uh, like, on the Wii Virtual Console. And I've I've found it, like, I've... I've found it kind of hard to, like, buy into the franchise, right? Mm-hmm. To, like, kind of get in there and really sink my teeth in. Sure. But I still think it's a it's a cool announcement for the crowd that must have been watching New Game Plus Expo. Yes, yeah. I mean, for East fans, obviously, it's huge. Yeah. Like, yeah, East, East 9 is coming 2021. They showed a whole trailer for it uh, where they, you know, where they showed off the character Adol and, like, mm-hmm. some of the characters he'd be interacting with. And they showed off that action RPG gameplay that it has. Yep. And, uh, and yeah, I, I think that's a great get for New Game Plus Expo. Yeah, good on them. Yeah, a nice, a nice little, like, upper mid-tier game to, to, to get announced. I, I think that was, I think that was a good one. Yeah. And good on NAS America for bringing that. Yes. I actually thought that this was, like, a whole-ass new announcement, that, like, East 9 Monster Knox was announced for... Like the first time uh, today, uh-huh. uh, and I just looked it up to check that it's actually been out on the PS4 in Japan since September 2019. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Not such a good get. Yeah, that's still a nice get because what they announced was the localization. Right. Sure. Okay. Um, that's fair. We did not know that it was being localized until today. I see. Okay. Never mind. That's still a good get. Yeah. Um. And actually, uh, the. The PC and Switch versions might have also been announced today. I see. Uh, but yeah, I'll be coming to PS4, Switch, and PC in 2021. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That that is cool. Uh, maybe maybe I'll actually try an East game. Maybe I'll maybe if East Eight is like on sale for like real cheap mm-hmm. before East Nine comes out, I'll I'll try that out because well, I'm I'm curious about the franchise. Let me know what you think. Yeah. It'll be different from what I think. Maybe. Maybe. Playism is a publisher that uh that does like a lot of Japanese indie stuff basically. Sometimes they do western indie stuff too, but it all kind of has like that anime aesthetic and stuff. Yeah. Uh we predicted that they would announce uh that they would show Nerve Ana, a a sequel to Valhalla, mm-hmm. that maybe they would make a new indie game announcement and maybe that they would show a localization of something cool. Right. Uh everything they showed was uh kind of stuff they we already knew about i think okay but it was it was still some neat stuff sure uh like a like a gameplay trailer for fight crab (laughs) a game that i knew about but i'm very glad to see it get like more more eyes on it yes i also knew about it i will say that like every time i see more footage of this game i become more enamored with it (laughs) yeah like they took this idea of two crabs fighting with weapons yeah and just like executed it so well at least from what i've seen yeah that i can't help but be incredibly intrigued yeah i'm i'm really like i'm picking this up when it comes out yeah because if there's a local multiplayer option, like, this is obviously going to be a mystery. Oh, of you know? course. Yeah. I could see it being grand finals. Oh, oh my or god. Or at least top eight. Oh, yeah. That would be, that would be hype as hell. Um, yeah, just, it's a great suit. And it was probably just, it probably just came from a pun, too. Right. Uh, you know, especially because, like, Fight Crab and Fight Club sound, uh-huh. sound very, <laughs> very similar in the Japanese right. language, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like great, 
great fucking game. I'm so glad it exists. Uh, they also uh, that's coming out July 30th on PC. Mm-hmm. It's coming soon to the Switch. Right. Um, they also showed off Idol Manager. Now this was the one with that really long trailer with the English voiceovers, right? Where they were like, I, "I'm in a bad idol club." Yes, but I am here. Yeah, kind of I thought this was really charming. Yeah, yeah, I I think I think it's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. it was kickstarted a while back, and uh, and yeah, it looks like it's come really far along. It's yes. it's basically just kind of an idol, you know, an idol simulation game that both kind of focuses on like the wholesome parts of idol management and the not so wholesome parts. Yeah. And it seems, it seems really neat. I think it could be really cool. I agree. Um, so yeah, coming out 2020, looking forward to that. Uh, in, in the end of presentation reel, they showed bright memory, which is, uh, that next gen first person shooter that we talked about during the, one of the next gen presentations, I think like the Xbox one. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, um, I, I, I'm kind of intrigued. I've yeah. been thinking lately that like it would be fun for me to get into a first-person shooter because I haven't in a long time. Fair. And just something about that trailer kind of gives me the same vibe that I got when I would play this old PSP game called Coded Arms. Ah. That was like a first-person shooter that had like randomly generated levels and kind of a hacker thing. Right. You, like installed guns and stuff. Uh-huh. And just, yeah, I don't know, something about kind of the sci-fi aesthetic and the fact that it's being made by, like, a Japanese company. Just, like, all those things together kind of combined to make me go, like, oh, okay, maybe I'll give it a second look. Okay. Yeah. Huh. And uh, and they also showed in the real uh, Tasso Machi. Right. Uh, I don't, and I don't know what it is. Uh, <laughs> is. Is it, like, an RPG? Is it an MMO? Uh-huh. But it has this really pretty anime aesthetic. Yes. It just showed, like, this anime girl running through this really pretty-looking, like, town. And at uh-huh. one point, she gets on, a, like, a little airship and flies around in the town. Yeah. And it looks beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah, that game looks so cute and good. That so, definitely caught my eye. Yeah, so I have no idea what it is, but, yeah, it's neat. And that was playism. Yep. Um... They uh they did a a stream afterwards where they just showed Fight Crab gameplay <laughs> A plus yeah uh, and then uh, Sega and Atlas both <laughs> said they'd be at the presentation yep so here's some of the things we predicted we predicted gameplay of Alex Kidd mm-hmm. we predicted maybe some elaboration on Thirteen Sentinels Aegis Rim yep. like some maybe like an extended gameplay trailer yeah uh, localization news for Persona Five Scramble we thought this one was like pretty much guaranteed yeah pretty yeah. much guaranteed uh and you know we started to get like a, a little ambitious like some maybes right like maybe uh the new sonic project would get announced here uh-huh. maybe uh maybe they'd reveal like a new spin-off for persona mm-hmm. right uh or maybe they would finally show off a gameplay of shin megami tensei 5 sure which uh which has been in development very quietly for a little while now mm-hmm. uh here are the things they showed <laughs> Uh, they, sh- they, uh, the very beginning of the presentation, the very beginning of New Games Plus Expo yeah. was a, uh, was a trailer for the Switch version of Catherine Full Body. Yep. Uh, comes out July. Yeah. And then during the reel at the end, we saw approximately 14 seconds of 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. Um, possibly some of the same 14 seconds we saw during the IGN exp- uh, the IGN summer thing yeah that happened a couple weeks ago and that was it and that (laughs) and that was sega yeah and atlas together they really shit the bed (laughs) 
they like the, they were the biggest names mm-hmm. on this whole thing, right? It's like it's like we saw those and we're like, oh, second Atlas are going to be there. Maybe this will be a bigger deal than we thought, right? And it was a bigger deal than we thought. Like overall, I think there were some cool announcements here, yeah. But none of them were from second. <laughs> they they brought yeah. nothing, yeah. That was really lame. Yeah, like it, like encrypt like like that was one of the lowest effort like mm-hmm. uh like showings from any of the companies. Like I guess it makes sense because Second Atlas are bigger names than pretty much anyone else on that list. Sure. So they're probably like, ah, sure, we'll we'll throw you a bone, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, um, disappointing. Yeah, hilarious, hilarious how little they brought. Um, but hey. Good news afoot. SNK definitely made a better showing. Yes. SNK being uh, the King of Fighters guys, the Samurai Showdown guys, Metal mm-hmm. Slug, so much Neo Geo stuff. First, they revealed a new DLC for Samurai Showdown. The last DLC character of Season Pass 2, the Warden from For Honor. Yeah. Wow. Yay. <laughs> Woo. This is very weird pick. Yes. Yeah. Uh, kind of cool that like SNK like went over to Ubisoft. Yeah, sure, I think Ubisoft. Yes, and was like, hey, let's let's make this deal. And Ubisoft was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> like crazy that that mm-hmm. happened. Um, but like For Honor isn't really known for its character designs. Yeah, and uh, I mean, and the, I don't think they're known for the Warden's character design specifically. Just a suit of armor guy. Yeah, just a guy in a suit of armor. He he fights with a sword. Yep. Like, his, his gameplay did not seem very remarkable or exciting. No. Um, Especially compared to some of the other wild characters in that game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, good for them for working the deal out, but uh doesn't make me more excited to get Samurai Showdown. Yeah. Uh, the DLC comes out tomorrow, uh, so it'll be out by the time anyone hears this episode. <laughs> right. And that's cool. Yeah. Like, essentially a shadow drop. That's neat. Mm-hmm. Uh... And that we predicted that they would show off Samurai Showdown DLC. I didn't realize that they had no DLC characters left to show except the last one who hadn't been revealed yet. Right. And that they revealed the Warden from For Honor. Uh, neat for shock value reasons, but yeah, not very excited about that in yeah, a vacuum. me neither. We also predicted a King of Fighters 15 gameplay reveal. Nope. And uh, we predicted a current-gen Metal Slug announcement. Nope. Okay. I do think we'll see King of Fighters 15 kind of soon, though. Yeah. Like, that, That I think, might be an EVO Online reveal. Not to not to show my hand there too soon, hmm, but, yeah. Okay. They did, however, show some other stuff, SNK did. Right. They revealed the Neo Geo Pocket Color Selection, mm-hmm. uh, which is very cool. Um, for the Switch, they are going to re-release several Neo Geo Pocket Color games. Right. The Neo Geo Pocket Color was, like, kind of this, uh, this handheld... That was not popular in the U.S. Yeah. But enjoyed some modest popularity in Japan. Right. Um, and we and the U.S. got got some games where they were kind of neat. They've confirmed three games in the Neo Geo Pocket Color selection, along with the fact that there's more on the way. Yeah. Uh, so SNK Gals Fighters is out already mm-hmm. for the Switch. It was, re- it was released like a couple weeks ago. It is now retroactively part of the Neo Geo Pocket Color selection. Okay. Uh, and Samurai Showdown 2, Samurai Showdown 2, because there's an exclamation <laughs> point in the title. I see. Is coming out summer 2020. But yeah, I th- I think they're I think they're cool. I think they're a really neat little piece of history that haven't been uh they haven't been playable mm-hmm. on uh like 
like this is their first re-release in like 20 years right yeah um no it's it's cool to be able to kind of look back at gaming history like that yeah like when i was a kid i i had uh a sega cart actually that just had a bunch of like williams arcade games like joust and sinistar and ah. defender and stuff and i loved that i played it constantly so i definitely yeah. value being able to maybe experience games that you didn't yeah you know, or that you haven't in a long time yeah exactly that's very cool yeah because i never had a neo geo pocket color right like most, most people in america <laughs> yes, yeah yeah i did not have one so it's really neat to see like uh to see these games uh they put out uh i'm kind of crossing my fingers for like some of their like card fighters clash stuff to be ah, part of this that'd be cool yeah and yeah because like they uh they all come with local multiplayer added uh -huh. um and um which is great great yes features. so like I'll, I'll probably get at least one of these for like mystery purposes i was gonna say very mystery compatible. oh yeah, yeah like yeah like a, this this feels like a fucking shoe-in for mystery um mystery games tournament i've uh this this tournament i enter every year where uh where every game in the tournament is a different like randomly selected game basically right and if you listen to road to mystery on our patreon you'd know that already <laughs> god i <laughs> We're getting obnoxious this episode. Mm, Patreon account plays you group. Yeah, sorry guys. <laughs> <laughs> they also showed uh, Samurai Showdown Neo Geo Collection again, but I think for this presentation specifically, they revealed a physical collector's edition, which is cool. Okay, that's yeah. nice. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, so like three things from SNK. That's not bad. Yeah. Uh, then Spike Chunsoft. Uh, Zero Escape, Danganronpa, Shiro and the Wanderer, they've done all those things. Mm -hmm. Um, and I predicted that, oh, they're, uh, they're releasing Robotics Notes later this year. <laughs> that's, that's probably all we're seeing. Right. Um, especially because, like, uh, Zero Escape and Danganronpa are, are generally published and localized by other companies. Yeah. However... Uh, Robotics Notes double pack was shown, but only in the reel at the end. Yeah. With an October 13th release date. Then, they revealed, uh, R uh, RE0, Starting Life in Another World, The Prophecy of the Throne. <laughs> <laughs> A title so long that it, that it did not fit on one line of my outline. Right, yeah, I know, it's, it's three lines. It's three yeah. lines. Uh, it's, it seems like it's really interesting, like... I know it's in a franchise, yeah. right? Re, Re Zero, is but like even a... like when I thought maybe it was a standalone game, I was looking at it and going like, "Oh, courtly intrigue." Yeah, Man, yeah. Cool. Like, yeah. It's, it's like it's like picking like your decisions in the game seem to kind of decide like who's worthy of the throne or something, <laughs> right? Or or maybe at least you follow a narrative about that. Maybe you don't. Uh, maybe you don't make decisions about that. Sure, but uh, it seems neat either way. Yeah, no, I was definitely intrigued. Yeah. Then, I was not expecting anything like this, but they showed a Dengarapa 10th anniversary video. I was looking away at the time. I was looking down at some work form. Uh -huh. And then I heard da -da -dang and Rampa and my head like it, it's like in Jaws when they see the shark for the first time and he like pops up in that like famous shot. Uh -huh. My head just went like like it was on a swivel like back <laughs> toward my tablet. I was like, oh, it's Dengarapa. Uh -huh. yeah, that, uh, that, that was good. Yeah, good, good, good going trailer, guys. Yeah, and uh, they there wasn't really much of an actual announcement. But yeah. We got a video from Kodaka, the director of Dangarampa. Yeah, that was cute. Which is which is cool, actually. Mm -hmm. It's really cool to see because Kodaka. It's cute too, Daniel. 
But it's not just cute. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's significant because Kodaka has left Spike Chunsoft. He doesn't work yes. there anymore. Yeah. He started a new company called 2Q Games, but they brought him back, mm-hmm. presumably to work on Danganronpa 10th anniversary stuff. Which is cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, because you kind of got the vibe that he started his new company because he didn't want to work on Danganronpa <laughs> stuff anymore. But he seemed happy to be back. He did, yeah. He, he had a... He had like a big old Monokuma stuffed animal and yeah. he would put it in front of his face and go poop, poop, poop. <laughs> uh, very cute. Yes. Uh, you're right. You're right. It was cute. Thank I should you. have I should have emphasized that harder. Thank you, Dan. Very cute. <laughs> That's much better. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and uh and yeah, like he's bas- he basically just said, like, yeah, we're doing 10th anniversary Dangarampa stuff. Um the first game is out on mobile phones right now. There will be more 10th anniversary announcements later. Yes. Who knows what the skill those announcements will be. Yeah. I'm banking on, like, Switch ports. I was thinking that. Yeah, I was actually surprised they didn't get announced right then and there. Yeah, same. Yeah. I, I was like, ooh, Switch ports, Switch ports, and then <laughs> they didn't happen. Well, maybe sooner or later we'll find out. Yeah. And finally, uh, they showed Sheeran the Wanderer, the Tower of Fortune, and the Dice of Fate. Another title that's too long for my outline. <laughs> yep. Uh, and that's coming 2020 also. Sharing the Water being a uh, roguelike franchise, uh, kind of the one of the first. Yeah, maybe, roguelikes. maybe. well, at least the first kind of kind of Japanese roguelike that yeah. I can remember. I mean, obviously it's stuff like Rogue, yes, which, which is, is the first roguelike. Yeah. But yeah, yes. Yeah, I think, yes. Yeah, I'm picking that up for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like Sheer and the Wander. I like I like the kind of mystery dungeon games, you know. And I've, that's the granddaddy of them all. So yeah, yeah definitely cool. Uh, and ending on a terrible note, way <laughs> forward, the creators of Shantae and Lots of License games, yep, um, were were listed as a publisher. So I said, well, Shantae and the Seven Sirens has been out for a while now. I think we'll see something new. Uh, WayForward did not announce anything new during the presentation. Nope. Shantae and the Seven Sirens was shown during the reel at the end. Uh-huh. And then uh, they had an hour booked during their post-showcase stream. And der- for that whole hour, they played Shantae and the Seven Sirens. Yeah, it was like literally just, I think, you know, one of the one of the creators or developer, like head developers or something. Right. Uh, just playing Shantae until he ran out of time. Yeah. That was literally all that it was. Like they booked an hour for that. Some of the post showcase streams were half an hour long. Right. And they, WayForward booked an hour yeah. to play Shantae, a game that's already out. Yep. Uh, and that was the end. Well, that wasn't <laughs> the end. Like, you know, this happened in a different order. Yes. Uh, that was more hype worthy. But that was all of the stuff that was at the New Games Plus Expo. Yeah. I think I think if they ever do this again, it would be really cool. Especially mm-hmm. because anyone that like anyone that phoned it in <laughs> to New Games Plus Expo this year probably is now embarrassed and right. would do a better job next year or not show up. Yeah. Uh either of which would like increase the quality <laughs> right. of, of the stream. Net win. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so like, I, it felt like kind of a gamble covering new games plus expo at all, like predicting <laughs> stuff for it because it could have just been mm-hmm. 
an hour of nothing. But I think it was an hour of some cool stuff. Yeah, no, there was definitely like some stuff that intrigued me in there, and some stuff that excited me in there. Yeah, what's uh, what's what's like your your biggest boy like out of all the stuff <laughs> we talked about? Uh, I mean, the fact that Danganronpa was there at all was really cool. That was really cool. Yeah, um, that, that was kind of a big name. That was good to see. Yeah, that was really great. Uh, you know, uh, as I said earlier, um, Curse of the Moon two. Yeah, uh, I thought looked really neat. Um. I don't know. There's actually, there's a fair few things in there that I want to check out. Yeah. Uh, so in that respect, I was pleasantly surprised. I Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, to the extent, the, I would say that the game that I'm most excited about is 13 Sentinels Ages Rim, but that was barely in it. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't want to nominate that. Yeah, that's that's very fair. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, I, I think the presentation had some of the coolest Otomes I've seen... Uh, you know, which, which is obviously not a, it's not a genre I'm, I'm really into by sure. default, Yeah, but, uh, but that the Otomes I saw during this presentation made me want to <laughs> check out some Otomes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, um, there, there was definitely some stuff that had kind of a dream daddy effect on me where I went, yeah. like, I'm not normally into this, but I'm into this. Yeah. Yeah. Dream daddy's a great example. Yeah. I mean, Dream Daddy is probably my favorite Otome. That's not so far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think just the amount of RPGs I saw was, yes. was nice to see. I love RPGs, as we all know. We we know that for show. <laughs> I think that we, there was that big Switch sale and I bought all RPGs. It's like <laughs> it's like the, like, oops, all RPGs. It's like one of those images. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. Yeah. RPGs are so good. Yeah, they are. All right, let's open some listener mail. All right. Pulling it out. Got the mail, got the mail. It's going out. Daniel, what's the mail? God. (laughs) Aren't you so glad that on that fateful day in 2018, you decided that I would be the co-host of this podcast? Oh, boy. (laughs) Let's move on. (laughs) All right, uh, so uh, James M. says, While Meat Fighters aren't everyone's favorites, I do like that Nintendo is working to incorporate so many from different games that won't make the regular fighter cut. Yeah, true. Yeah, I, I like that too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, it's it's a really great way to flesh out the roster, I think, and, and a nice, like, kind of runner-up kind of thing, and I nice yeah. like, saw consolation prize, you know? It's or like even just, like, weird picks yeah. that would definitely not have made... Like, I love that they released a Goemon Mii Fighter costume. Yeah, Vault Boy, great. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Fantastic. Yeah, thanks, James. Thanks, James. Um, Great Sword Adventures says, Am I the only one impressed with how minimalist Sakurai's living room is? Just a love seat <laughs> and two big TVs with consoles. Yeah, no, he's got a great sense of interior design. Yeah, no, uh, like, yeah, yeah. Very classy. I mean, I I don't know how he's, with his battered body, he is able to decorate things and move furniture around, yeah, but good job, dude. Yeah, is, is he married? I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything about his personal life. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe Toby Fox it. could tell us. Yeah, hey, there you go. Yeah, can you imagine just, like, like, him and Toby Fox, like, playing Smash, and then, like, his wife's just kind of, like, watching right. from the back? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um... Toby, the the keeper of secrets from Azura Sakurai. <laughs> the keeper of Sakurai secrets. <laughs> Mr. Cool Red Luigi on Twitter says, 
the Heihachi dream was a crucial and integral part <laughs> of AST lore. It was a dream any dreamer could dream. Some opened their arms to the dream. Others shut it down in a vault of hate. Regardless, it was special. And now that it is dead, a part of us died with it. I saw this before the episode, <laughs> but it's just so great and so poetic that I'm equally as amused by it now <laughs> as I was when I saw it first. Good delivery, too, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Well, I, I had good good material to exactly. go Exactly. Yeah, yes. I mean, those words just leap off the page. Yeah. <laughs> they, they dance and they, they cavort and they... <laughs> yes. They they prance about miraculously. Yes, like so many arms squiggling around. Anyway, uh, thanks, Mr. Cool Red Luigi. <laughs> yes, thank you. Atlas Fathom on Twitter says, I'm excited for Min Min, but the biggest reveal wasn't anything arms. It was the reveal of the Vault Boy me costume. <laughs> I never thought they'd include anything Fallout and Smash, but Vault Boy is perfect, especially since he looks like the actual character, like Sans or Cuphead. Mm-hmm. Uh... Just imagine all the combos you can create with <laughs> Sans's body, Vault Boy's head, Cuphead's costume. <laughs> now we just need, now we just need Minecraft Steve, Freddy Fazbear, or a Fortnite costume, <laughs> and we'll be able to mix and match to have the ultimate cursed character. <laughs> That'd be great. I just realized, he says in another tweet, yeah. all we need is a Minecraft Steve costume, and we'll be able to create Sean's worst nightmare, Heihachi Steve, <laughs> Heihachi's head with Steve's body. Oh my god, even the name gives me chills. <laughs> also, Gino is still extremely likely as one of the remaining DLC fighters. The only argument why he couldn't be in is, was, he's a spirit which is out the window with Min Min's exclusion. <laughs> I appreciate your zeal. That is not the only argument. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, 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 thank you, Alice Batham. Yes. Yeah, I... D <laughs> yeah, I... You know, spirits are no longer deconfirmed. That's great to right. know. I think there's, I think there's a few reasons <laughs> yes. that Gino might not be the most likely. Yeah. One being that, like... One is just the company that he's owned by. You know, right. like, there's... There's, like, three other characters owned by Square Enix that would make more sense. I was going to say, I could I could definitely see Square Enix going, like, well, why would you put Gino in when you could put Noctis in another fighting game or whatever? <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're getting more Final Fantasy stuff. I think Cloud is just our Final Fantasy yeah. representation. But, yeah, like, there's Sora, uh -huh. right? And even if Sora falls through, even if Disney's like, uh, no. We said no last time. We're still saying no. <laughs> right. Uh... Yeah, even if Sora's a no-go, I feel like there's still a Square Enix character that would bring in, like, more Fighters Pass money yeah. than Gino would. Like, unfortunately, I like Gino. Yeah, me too. Uh, He's a great character. But, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think of, like, other, like, big-name Square Enix characters. Like, yeah, like an Avenger. <laughs> like Iron Man. <laughs> Iron Man for Smash! Captain America in the likeness of Chris Evans. <laughs> just incredibly realistic. Like, they do, like, the thing where they do, like, Mortal Kombat thing where they, like, scan their his face in. <laughs> just standing next to Mario. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, even if they're picking, like, kind of a, 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 like, a, like, a lapsed, like, retro option, you know? Like, I wonder if Square would rather... Nintendo would rather 
get Chrono. I was thinking Chrono. Yeah, yeah Chrono from Chrono Trigger than Gino from Super Mario RPG. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's a shame, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I Yeah, I think Gino is far from a shoe-in. I think there isn't a 0% chance of Gino. Yeah. Like, he's, like there's definitely a cult following for him, you know? There's yes. definitely a lot of people that want Gino in Smash. But I think... I think you'll see Gino's me costume uh, uh-huh. by the time this podcast is over. I agree, and not him as a playable character. And uh, and yeah, the Dazzler Lizard Mail. Thanks, thanks Atlas Fathom. Thanks to everyone that wrote in. Yeah, thanks everybody. We always love your mail, even if it's actually tweets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for those about to rock. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you that want uh to hear more of us even though we're weekly right now yes uh you know i, I can't think of anywhere they could go to get additional content uh, uh so something like uh patrifo.org slash bop boop slop yeah something like that yeah. anyway uh i guess <laughs> i guess if you could find us there's really no way to know yeah but uh but thanks for listening yeah, thanks, guys. Next time on a Smashing Theory. <laughs> uh, next time on a Smashing Theory, Evo Online predictions. Yeah. Also, uh, we will be reacting to Pokemon Presents Part Two. Yes. Yeah, we'll be doing both of those things. So, if you want to contribute to those predictions, if you want to contribute to those reactions, uh, you can tweet at us at a Smashing Theory mm-hmm. and follow us while you're at it. Or you can uh, email us at, at a smashing theory at gmail.com. Yeah. We will be recording the next episode before Min Min comes out. So uh, if if you send us Min Min impressions that Tuesday, we won't we won't see them after <laughs> right. we've recorded. Sorry. Yeah. We won't see them until after we've recorded. Right. But uh yeah, I feel like that'll they'll still be I'm I'm always excited about Evo predictions. Me too. Even if this Evo is gonna be the weirdest one yet. It'll be different, that's yeah. for sure. Um But yeah, I definitely already have some thoughts, so I'm excited to share them. Nice. Yeah. Thanks everyone for for jumping into our, our big old Min Min New Game <laughs> Plus Pokemon episode. We'll see you for another probably similarly sized one. Yes. And in the meantime, I hope that you have a smashing time. Now, excuse me, I'm going to go have some ramen with Captain Falcon. Goodbye! (laughs) Bye! Special thanks. Special thanks. Special thanks to Lonald. Thank you, Lonald. <laughs> oh, that was about it. <laughs> I, I don't know either. Sometimes my, my, my mouth and my throat just do things. You know what I'm saying? No. And that's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's probably for the best. Uh, yeah, thanks, Lonald. Thanks, Lonald. Special thanks to Nymph. <laughs> thanks, Nymph. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hope you like Min Min. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if Nymph's much of a fighting game person. I mean, I feel like even people who aren't fighting game people are often Smash people. Even That's if a it's very kind good. of a party game version yeah. of Smash appreciation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I I feel like Min Min would be Nymph's vibe. Nice. Yeah. Check it out, uh, Nymph. I almost called you Min Min. <laughs> Check it out, Min Min. <laughs> <laughs> Check yourself out. <laughs> Special thanks to my fiance, Amy Lee. Thanks, Amy Lee. <laughs>
<laughs> what do you want me to stop this or something? <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for everything, yeah. Beyonce of mine. Thanks for being really patient because this episode took a long time to record for many reasons. Yeah, yeah, like. <laughs> It might not. It might not feel super long compared to our usual stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I'm. I've probably cut like 40 minutes of content from this, just like us sitting through planes and maybe even some bonus content. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Ooh, 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 ooh. Ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, but yeah, I think like Amy's waiting to make us dinner, and she's gonna start at like 9 p.m. So yeah. thank you for many reasons, yes. Amy, including that. Much appreciated. Uh, special thanks to Mr. Cool Red Luigi. Wahoo! Thanks for just being yourself. Yeah, thanks for sending us some mail. Yeah. Uh, you know, some listener mail. That was cool. Yeah, you put some cool stuff on the Discord. Yeah. Uh, you you posted that uh, that the Ape Escape Twitter shut down and made me really sad. Oh, so, so R.I.P. Yeah, so thanks for that, <laughs> Royce. <laughs> uh, <laughs> special thanks. Special thanks, uh, Mr. Corey Louis. Yeah, special thanks. Special thanks to Cool Game. He's a cool game, a cool game. What's so cool about him? I'll tell you, it's because I sing songs about him. Cool game. <laughs> Have with the special thanks music running underneath it, everything you do for this segment sounds atrocious. Well, look, I can't. I can't time it because right now I can't hear the special. Yeah, music. it's added in. So post. even if I were to go like "Cool Gabe," I think you're really cool. Oh yeah, a cool Gabe. I think you're so cool. You know, like it wouldn't work. Yeah, it, it will probably be off time. What if like it just miraculously like synced up like perfectly? <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, into that idea. I don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah, no, it's a very low probability. I'd yeah. imagine. Um, special thanks to Vinny G. Vinny! 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 Thanks. Thanks, Vinny. Thank you, Vinny. Thank you. I was trying to do like a Mickey Mouse thing at the end there. Oh, like, I see. Oh, Vinny! Oh, Vinny! Yeah. Oh, special thanks. <laughs> that was Donald trying to pitch in. I see. Boy, he, it's too bad he had to have that oral surgery. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Vinny, to your donation to the Help Donald's Mouth Fund. Those are thanks to all of our patrons. Yeah. If you want us to do this shit, uh, $20 a month. Yep. On somewhere.com. <laughs> yeah. Slash <laughs> Link is in the description below. Yes. All right, thanks, bye, guys. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.